Zero one. How do you feel? Um, I guess the same as I did when we hit episode ninety nine. Like a hundred special, a hundred's nice, but one hundred one's just like, oh, okay, start of a new uh, aim to get to two hundred. I guess. Yeah, it's like when you turn thirty, isn't it? And I like. I don't know. You've not turned thirty. Like when you turn <laughs> one of those big ages, like twenty one or eighteen, and it's like everything after that just feels so normal. Yeah, you're like, oh, okay, next milestone it is. I guess then. That's the one. So uh, the next milestone for you will be 30 years old, won't it, in a couple of weeks? Uh, no, in two months, roughly. Two months. Well, Lucas, that's eight weeks. Don't say that. <laughs> I know, that's the thing. When I said a couple of weeks, like, I was like, oh, no, it's about a couple of months. But a couple of months is realistically only like eight weeks. Well, the thing is, though, like, my next few weeks are going to be really busy to, like, cram to make sure I've got work done for Christmas. Because you want to take but a couple of weeks off for Christmas. That's the thing. I'm going to have, like, my nice long at least like i think it's going to be at least three weeks off for christmas if everything goes to plan i can get if work you manage, time. Yeah, if you manage to get enough um uh, stuff done ahead of time yeah and i'll i'll still be like streaming a bit and every like you know stuff that's like kind of i guess relaxing work like just twitch streaming where it's just like yeah i'm just playing a game but in terms of like editing and writing and all that stuff it'll be a, a bit more chill yeah and uh, i've no idea on if christmas i'm terrible i can't take time off We've discussed before that like, I'm yeah. terrible at taking time off. It's like, absolutely, fuck that. It's just every time you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm taking some time off. Uh, by which I mean, I just wrote three articles today instead of not doing anything. It's like, oh, that's the it's one not a day off. It is a day off, realistically. It's like, um, like when you go to the gym and it's like, well, I'm not going to do a heavy day. I'm just going to go for a little bit. <laughs> you're still taking a rest, but you're still doing enough. But um, uh, yeah, I believe I've talked about that before. But mm-hmm. Lucas, what have you been up to this week, mon frere? Uh I mean, I'd say just mainly working to try and um, get ahead on stuff. But trying to get ahead, yes. I did have you know that exciting Monday night, just like you did, Carl. Which was? Uh, well, that was the the Halo Infinite multiplayer just got launched. Yeah, and I want to talk about that in great detail mm-hmm. um, uh, in a moment, but is there anything else you've done before we just get deep, deep into the hollow? Because I feel like a lot of people are going to turn off like, I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck. So for those people, is there anything else that you've uh, done this week or want to discuss? Um, I, I is, it, is it all taken? Is it all Halo? No, it's all editing, really. I've played like two hours on stream of Halo and that was it. Okay, fair enough. Well, there's uh, one thing I want to mention and it is um, uh, a potential event that's going to be happening. Ooh. It's going to be a Fact Fiend event, but, um, uh, actually not but, but uh, just to set the scene, we did a live event just before the first lockdown, didn't we? I want to say about two years ago now, you attended that event, yeah, yes? Yeah, it must have been, what, the start of 2020-ish? Uh, around then, yes. And yeah. um, I've said to myself, and I think I mentioned before, I um, both on the podcast and... Uh, oh, God, that was a message from my girlfriend. Bum, bum, bum. I'll put that away now. I'll answer that in a few minutes. But uh, I've got, I lost my train wreck of thought then. Um, yes, we, uh, we've had that event. We did that event. And I may I mentioned on stream and podcasts and various other avenues that I wouldn't want to do another one that I announced on the main channel. Right, yeah. Because if I announced on the main channel, that's just way too big an audience to expose that to. And I'd, if I'm ever going to do another live event, I want it to be much smaller scale than um, evidently a lot of other YouTubers do and what people may be expecting or used to. Right, and yeah. Especially now with COVID being a thing. Yeah, there's definitely different expectations now. Yes, so um, I am in the 
first preliminary steps of setting up another event. And that's going to be, again, um, a quite small scale compared to, like, you know, like it's not like a con or anything like that. But mm. the plan at the moment is there's a bar in Sheffield that I've been speaking to um, that I may be able to rent out, like, basically their entire just dance floor area. Oh, cool. So, like, basically an inside area for everyone to meet up. And the plan at the moment is to do a fact-themed quiz. Oh, okay. So it's going to be a live event that you can come and meet and greet. I'm, I'm going to invite you to it now, Lucas. It's going to be around in February. I'm not sure exactly when, but it's going to be near my birthday. Oh, cool. Yeah. And it's going to be framed as a belated birthday bash because I turned 30 during lockdown and I never got to celebrate. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a belated birthday bash. It's going to be fact themed, themed. It's going to be a quiz. It's going to be drinks. Um, there'll be more details um, as and when I get them because I'll be going for a meeting with the people who are um, up they have the place I'm going to potentially run the event I was going to say because you said that it's like still in the pl- preliminary phases at the moment yes but uh, as I mentioned I don't want to advertise it on the main fact channel but it was a, you know, a few, fair few people listen to this podcast mm-hmm. so I thought this is a small enough um, avenue to advertise it as it stands now and then as I get more details I'll start announcing it on like, things like Twitter maybe on my own personal channel but and maybe on the community tab of the fact channel not an actual video because it's too many people yeah, because then it, it's opening it up to, you know, what, like 50,000, 100,000 viewers, whoever bothers to like actually watch the video. Mm-hmm. And then you when you turn around and tell that many people, oh, there'll be 50 tickets. It's like, wait, what? Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing as well. It's like a bit of a dick move to announce. Like we're having a small scale get together, but then announce it to several um, hundred thousand, a potential audience of several hundred thousand. Exactly. So what, yeah, yeah. so what I'm probably going to do is like advertise it via like the smaller avenues I have access to, like the podcast, Twitter, Twitch, that sort of thing, and then slowly ramp it up because we do have the potential to expand the amount of people who can come. But it's more how many people I'm comfortable um, having at an event, and as well how many people I'm comfortable having there. Well, they'll feel like they've gotten their money's worth of, by which I mean like you know getting to sit and chat with people on the channel. Yeah, sure. Because you don't want it to get to a situation where there's so many people that. Like, we would have people that don't even get to interact with you or, like, the editors and that. I can you say you or the editors, even though you're included yeah, amongst that I, script. I, <laughs> yeah, you, me, or the other team members that join the event. Cause, and that's the thing is you've only just, like, invited me to this and we don't have a date. So we don't even know who can and can't make it. Exactly, yeah. It's just one of the things I want you to mention it now before people click away. It's like, God, they're going to talk about Halo for four hours. I I think by the time, like, if we talked about Halo for four hours, we would be going into the time where we're meant to be streaming. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair enough, yeah. And the other thing I wanted to mention is, it's just one of those little things I had on a notes, uh, the notes app on my phone I wanted to talk about, but then kept forgetting to bring up because it's just one of those incredible stories that I just desperately, desperately want to talk about. Mm. Because it's one of those things, you you hear a story and then you just can't stop thinking about it. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Well, I've already talked about it to death with my girlfriend, and I don't want to bother her with it anymore, but it's just one of the things I want to keep discussing it. It's really I'm funny, very... though, because I know that feeling, but I know that feeling because, like, you know, mentioned that Christmas has come in, and I've bought some Christmas presents already, and I've already given Jenna one of her Christmas presents, and now I'm going to replace it, because it arrived in the post, and I get that initial hit of, like, oh, the first present's here. I need to give this present to somebody. And I it's, have like, the same thing. That, like build up of anticipation and i was like nope here's here's a present it's just a present 
No, cause I've done that with my girlfriend because it's her birthday in two weeks. So I got oh, her right, present okay. yesterday. I'm hoping she doesn't listen to this podcast. Otherwise, and if she does, stop listening now. She's going to spoil your present. <laughs> and what I've got on for her is, is a I've booked us in for a couple's photo shoot. Oh, my God. Because we've got yeah. no decent photos of us together. Yes, Carl. So I called up like a photography studio and says, can we book in for a couple's photo shoot? That's a really cute idea, yeah. But... I'm going to turn up and dress like a knobhead. Of course you are. <laughs> because uh, I, it, much in the same way of, are you familiar with the author, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, um, uh, Jiren J. Zhao? Uh, no, I'm aware of Jiren from Dragon Ball, but that's about it. <laughs> well, she's a Chinese author who wrote a novel that my girlfriend's a fan of, and I'm just going to now send you a picture of her artist oh, portrait. Is this is this her official the artist one portrait? With the cow onesie. The cow onesie, yeah. Yes, because she mentioned this like a couple of weeks ago when she went to go get her book. Yeah, and it's like the cow, the lady in the cow onesie on the front. So I want to do something like that because the, I've called them up and I've got it all set up, and I was because I got a text on my phone today. Hmm. And my girl's like, who's that from? It's, oh, it's nothing. She's like, wait, what? It's like, it's your birthday. Please don't in- like, pry anymore. She's like, oh, no, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. And then they called me up because they were calling me. <laughs> it's like, someone's been trying to call you for the last like 10 minutes. Like, yeah, I'm really sorry. It's for your birthday, but I don't want to answer it when you're here. Yeah, that's that thing of like, I'm doing something that you can't look at on the phone, but you've got to trust me. Like, yeah, it's never, it's, it's not. It's a nice surprise. It's not a I'm cheating on you surprise. Yeah, it's just don't. It's just one of those things of like, I get it, but please, just like, I don't want to spoil surprise. I'm really bad at spoiling stuff for people. Mm-hmm. And my plan is, is um, like they said, you get three outfit changes and we've got props and hair and makeup and stuff. <laughs> uh, so I'm planning on getting like a costume like that and wearing that. You're going to utilize those costume changes. I am, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to take the absolute advantage of those costumes. <laughs> I'm going to go to like the Halloween store or like the, uh, the Halloween store, the costume shop. Yes. And I want to get myself like, um, uh, like a nobleman costume or something like that. Oh God. I want to get a proper photo. I want to look great. But I just thought that'd be a nice day out for us. It's like they like give you a glass of drink and, yeah. like, and, and we get a meal afterwards and stuff like that. But I thought that'd be a good thing for us. Because she's like, we never have any nice photos. Like, we don't go anywhere. We're not allowed to go out. Yeah. That's the weird thing, isn't it? Of like, Oh, well, you know, it'd be nice to get some pictures and, like, you know, get, like, a a photo album or anything. But, it's a, but at the same time, I haven't got an up-to-date picture of, like, Jenna and I for a good couple of years, basically, because of COVID now. Yeah, I think you've got that one that you use as your phone lock screen, which recently got replaced with Cade's balls. Uh, yeah, that, that did happen, yeah. Cade's <laughs> you balls explain that, it's amazing. Uh, so I got um, a new phone, or went for, like, the Pixel 6 that just came out, and they have, like, the thumbprint sensor on the screen instead of, like, on the back of the phone like it used to be. Mm-hmm. And I had a picture of Cade where he's lying on his back and his balls are exactly where you unlock your phone. <laughs> like, on the <laughs> on the phone. So to unlock my phone now, I have to put my thumb up to, like, the picture of Cade's balls. It's just such a good way of doing it. You're never going to forget. And to clarify Everybody's... for anyone that doesn't know, Cade is my little sausage dog. Yeah, he's a, a dash on sale because he's, because of the like the dimensions of a phone. He takes up the entire lock screen. <laughs> it's great. I thought it was such a brilliant. How did your girlfriend react to like a picture of her being replaced by a picture of a dog's testicles? Uh, it's okay because I also got replaced with Cade on her phone. So. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> just not a picture of his bollocks. It's like a nice a, picture of just him. such a good gimmick. And the thing is, I bet every time you do that, you laugh. 
I do, yeah. I still just yeah. like look at my phone and giggle to myself while I'm doing it. It's the same way with me because uh, you've seen my phone background, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, I went out for like a meal with my girlfriend. She's like, can we take some nice photos? And I went, yeah. But I did that thing where you wait for the person to think you've taken the photo and start walking towards you and then take the photo. <laughs> so it's just a photo of her pointing angrily. I'm like, Carl, you're not taking a photo, are you? And it's like her pointing aggressively into the distance. <laughs> so I've got that photo. So it looks like she's pointing at my notifications. It's like, Carl, clear your notifications. That's the one. But, uh, oh, yeah, I got a bit sidetracked because the one thing I wanted to talk about is, um, are you familiar with the subreddit, Am I the Asshole? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I occasionally have a glance at it. Yeah, it's one of those things where every couple of months I just go on a big, big scroll through it. Mm. Do you know, like when you just like hung over or something? It's like, I just need some Schadenfreude. <laughs> yeah. I need to read about some just truly, truly horrible, horrible people. The problem with Am I the Asshole is that the people who are assholes get downvoted because they're assholes. So the real, real good stuff is buried deep, deep um, uh, in the archives of it. And I right, stumbled yeah. across one that blew my fucking mind and it was an entire morning for me following okay. this adventure so i really don't like those um, youtube channels that just read out posts from reddit but i think i'm going to make an exception for this one because it's fucking incredible and lucas you are not prepared for this journey and see the thing is carl i actually do like those podcasts and stuff that are based around that so there we go we can balance it out i don't feel bad about doing this it's more, I don't like the idea of people only doing that. Oh, right, so Right yeah, now, yeah. I'm hoping we can have a discussion about this and use it as like a jumping off point for a, um, uh, like just a, a discussion about like the things that get raised within it, not just reading it out and then adding nothing to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like the ones like, that have an actual discussion about it. Yeah, not just the ones that have like the robot voice reading them out, mm-hmm. which I dislike because my girlfriend used them to fall asleep to. Because <laughs> that's the thing I'm like looking because they've got like 100,000 subscribers or some shit. They're probably making a shit ton of money from this and they literally do zero work. Mm-hmm. Like they pl- anyway, um, so Lucas, are you ready for, that, for this journey? I don't know if I am, but I'm very curious. Like, is, when you start this, is this one that I'm going to have seen? It's, it might be one you've seen, but it is one that I think that me and you can talk a lot about because the okay. subject matter of it is something me and you. I've had a lot of experience with. So, am I the asshole for buying my 21-year-old male girlfriend, 20-year-old female, a new toy? So, my girlfriend and I have been dating for about a year now. We met at a university Pokemon club. Pokemon is a big thing between us, and we probably clocked up hundreds of hours battling and trading together. Hell, I even traded her a level 100 ground on and only asked for a Charizard in return. So, I'm really invested and genuinely love this person. Anyway... My girlfriend owns a really old, ratty, frankly quite disgusting, plushy toy of a certain Pokemon. She's had it since she was really young, so it's got gunk and stuff on it because she never washes it. Or at least she hasn't when I've been around. And we see each other pretty regularly. This is this thing is just plain gross. But she loves it. And I mean, she really loves it. She keeps it wherever she is, in her uni room or family home, and sometimes even takes it with her to the library to work. I don't know... Uh, I think it's just an unhealthy obsession with something which is filthy. But being a good boyfriend, I've obviously never raised this point with her, even though it's obviously annoying. And Lucas, so far, thoughts? Um, well, I have admittedly a washed version of this, but um, I have like a Winnie the Pooh toy that was given to me by my older sister when I was born, and I've had it for like the nearly 30 years I've spent this time on Earth, and yeah. it's still in my living room. 
Yeah, I have something similar. I have a mug that I got from my granddad, who's no longer with me. Mm-hmm. It's a mug that says, I'm Carl, and I'm a little monster. You've probably seen the mug, Lucas, I have, yes. in my house. You see me drink tea out of the mug. It is one of my most treasured possessions. One, because it was given to me by my granddad, by my granddad. and two, because it's one of the only things I ever got as a child that had my name spelled with a K on it. <laughs> and it's my favorite mug. I drank tea out of it every day for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. And now it's like at that point where I'm scared to damage it because it's um, the... What, the uh, design on the front that starts to come off so instead it's just like a plate it's just in my house like pride of place right as one of my most prized and beloved possession i think everybody can um, empathize with the girl in this um, am i the asshole post of something beloved that people maybe don't understand why you like it so much but they know Mm -hmm. because they've got some they have something in their life that they feel similarly um, attached to yep i would say that most people would probably have something that they could um they could like conflate this with. Yeah. And uh and I'm assuming your girlfriend's got something like that as well. Uh probably like a couple of little trinkets, yeah. Yeah, and my girlfriend does too. So let's go. The other day I got an ad for a doll almost exactly like hers. And with this one is brand new, clean, and even better, it's the new Galar form of her Pokemon. So right away. So it's, it's not, not even the same one. <laughs> it's not the same one, is it? Um I know she loves the Galar form because she said so and I tried to drop some hints about it. So I did what any nice boyfriend would do, and I bought it. And when she was sleeping, I threw away the old doll and replaced it with the new one, wrapped with a card explaining how much she means to me and how I hoped our relationship would have a cool new form too. And Lucas, thoughts again. Everything about that story is fine until you throw it away. Yeah. But Lucas, you are not prepared for how fucking deep this well goes. Oh, no. She freaked out she was really grateful at first and opened the gift and card and loved it but then when she asked where the original was because and i quote they could be friends and i was honest and i yelled surprise and explained how this was her new toy a better one and she was updated my girlfriend starts laughing until she realizes i'm serious and then just breaks down i mean full-on panic attack she's crying and just won't listen to reason at all I tried to comfort her, but she wouldn't let me and kicked me out of my room. So I banged on the door to let me in and she doesn't need to cry because I could keep her, but I wasn't sorry for getting a better toy. Um, She got real quiet for a while because I sent her some messages, but then I left and just walked past me. I followed, but she ignored me. So this guy's like, clearly he's not typing at all. Essentially, girlfriend got pissed, left, like stormed out of the house. Mm -hmm. I've heard nothing from her since that, and that was three days ago. And I didn't think she'd be so emotional like this. We've been fairly logical people in the past, so I could never have predicted this. I didn't think I'd done anything because I basically replaced the toy, but better. And so my best friend said I was a dick, and now I'm beginning to have doubts. Reddit, can you help me? And Lucas, thoughts. Why did you throw it away? That's the thing. Why? When I read this story, I said that to my girlfriend. She looked over at one of her stuffed animals that she's had for like a decade and a half. And she went... If you threw that away, that's it, we're done. And I said the same thing, it's like, if you've got my mug, if you dropped it on the floor and you smashed it, I'd be pissed off and upset. Oh, yeah, it, but mistakes happen. Like, this yeah, was a I, targeted attack against what I assume is, like, a ponytail or something. I think it's a Meowth. People did some sleuthing and figured out it's a Meowth. Uh, there's, like, look, yeah. there's an addendum to an addendum to an addendum to this story, which is why I wanted to talk about it. But, yeah, like, that mug, if it got de- destroyed, I would be, like, I would be distraught. But if it got deliberately thrown away, I'd be fucking furious. Exactly, yeah. And I'm sure you'd be the same way with the trinkets that you've got. Mm -hmm. If someone deliberately threw it away, 
um, knowing how much you cared. Which that's the thing about this. Like this guy knows that it's not like he threw it away thinking it was an old ratty toy. It's like he threw it away knowing full well the attachment this like, his girlfriend had to it. Yeah, he clearly states how much that she like keeps it with her wherever she goes. And it's clearly a big deal to her. And again, maybe a conversation could have happened where it's like, look, I love you, but this thing is like filthy. Mm-hmm. Maybe we Can could try it? and clean it a little bit. But just if you got the replacement toy, just put the other one to the side. Don't immediately throw it away. Yeah. And Lucas, the reason that this story is so amazing I wanted to talk about it. Because the guy's name first, like Dilly usually just throwaways on these Reddit accounts, mm-hmm. is it was only a plush. Jesus fucking and Christ. Is this person a robot? Uh, well, Lucas, we can discuss that because you may have noticed the word logical in that sentence there, mm-hmm. or in their um, uh, defense of what they did. And they, one thing I want to address is a lot of am I the asshole posts are fake. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're people making stuff up. Like, they're basically creative writing exercise. But you can tell, you can tell this one is real because the guy absolutely refused to acknowledge anything he'd done was wrong and doubled down every time he was called an asshole. And that's how you know it's real because only a real asshole would do that. Only a real asshole would spend time going through all the comments saying, I'm not an asshole. Even though you posted this thing to, am I the asshole? And the overwhelming near universal consensus is yes you are but what gets better lucas is that guy's girlfriend came into the comments and was like i i you are telling this story wrong leave me the fuck alone and the guy just was responding to her and arguing with all the people agreeing with her saying please i sent you some garlic bread please talk to me And he was essentially like following her around across Reddit, just giving her so much shit of please talk to me, you owe me this much at least. I like you are like you are overreacting to this, and everyone's like, dude, leave her the fuck alone. Wow. Like Oh god. I can't believe that she just finds this post is like, no, fuck you. This is incorrect. Oh god. Like, it really seems to me. As if this person it is mad that is you know, ex-girlfriend had fucking emotions. Yeah, and here's the thing as well, because there is a um, uh, sister subreddit, um, quite aptly named, to Am I the Asshole, called Am I the Devil? And it's where like women post when like men are yelling at them, like, am I the bad guy? It's like, my boyfriend stole my property and posts on Am I the Asshole and ignores me when he got caught. And he turns up in the comments of this to yell at all the people like, leave her the fuck alone. It's like, I bought her garlic bread. Why is she mad? <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, dude, leave her alone. It's like, no, I need to talk to her. I'm going to go around to her apartment right now. It's like, dude, leave her alone. No, oh you don't God. understand. I need to talk. It's like, leave her alone. Jesus fucking Christ. And it's just incredible because he kept going for like three days. I'm talking like three straight days of like every 10 minutes mm-hmm. responding to someone. Oh man. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> and then it's like uh, when people say, you're a dude, you're a fucking prick. Like, but I gave her a ground on. I clearly don't mind sharing. Oh my God. <laughs> this is the thing. This is how you know it's real. Yeah, yeah. 
And like, I'm just, I'm so baffled. And I just can't comprehend the idea that somebody doesn't understand having an emotional attachment to the item that goes further than what the item is itself. Well, Lucas, I have just, je- like, his girlfriend is like, please leave me the fuck alone. Like, you've not turned the whole story being an asshole. He responds to her. I have just verified this is my girlfriend. Can everyone please stop liking this? He doesn't tell the whole story. That I replaced the plushie with a newer version using my own money. We don't have much and we are both students. And this is a detail people keep forgetting. That's the thing. It's like, in his head, he literally cannot see what he's done wrong because she got a new one. It's like, why are you mad? I gave you a new one. It's like, but it's not mine. Yeah. But new is better, Carl. Yeah. And that's the thing. In his head, he can't figure out what he's done wrong. He's like, but I bought you a new one. Why do you care? Why are you so upset about this? Why are you emotionally attached to something you've had, like, basically your entire life? Mm-hmm. Person that he's unreasonably emotionally attached to after a year. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's just one of those where it's like, you clearly just do not fucking understand, do you? Yeah, that's the thing. That's Every right. time someone brings up like this is a beloved childhood toy, but I gave her a new one. Why does no one know? Why is no one acknowledging that I gave her a new one? Because, and it's like, dude, you just don't get it. No, not at all. It's like that's the thing is, beloved childhood toy becomes toy. Yeah, and then he goes on his like all these other subreddits of like, I bought my girlfriend a gift and now she's gone, and he's trying to frame it as like, oh, I bought her a gift. Yeah. And she's like fucked off, and it's like then people went, "Dude, we know who you are. We can click you from. You throw away her beloved childhood toys. Like, but I bought her a new one. Why is people <laughs> ignoring this? Oh dear, it's like That's I understand thing. in some in some things, like you know, a lot of the times with like technology, it's a bit more throwaway. Mm-hmm. That's clearly like a plush that she's had as a kid, yeah, and cared for. We well, even acknowledges that, but in his he can't. Some something is broken inside his brain mm-hmm. where he cannot figure out why she's pissed off. It's like, but I gave her the new one. Why is she not upset? Why, why is she not bothered about the new one? New is better, Carl. New is better. It's like, I don't get why she's upset. She even acknowledged that she prefers the Galarian mouth to the old one, so surely she should like this plush more. And it's like, dude, shut up! And that, like, all, all it required was a conversation going... Your, your plush is really dirty, you know. Like that's all it. All the conversation needed to be. It didn't need to be. I'm going to throw this fucking thing out because I'm too scared to confront you about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh god, Lucas. This is true. I'm a. This isn't true. I am a good boyfriend. I gave her so much space. I wanted to do a good thing, and now I'm paying for it. There is a saying about no good deed goes unpunished. Now I'm out of money for a gift she didn't even take. And just so you know, it did mean a lot to me too because Pokemon's important to us both and that's why I upgraded her toy. It didn't mean anything. Why would I spend my little money to make my girlfriend happy? And it's like, shut the fuck up. He can't see it. The forest for the trees. Lucas, he keeps going. He's got like pages and pages of this stuff. Carly's a nice guy. Lucas. Why can't he just be given a break for once? Comment here. Why the fuck would you throw away your partner's favourite possession? I know it was her favourite possession. That's why I thought she'd appreciate it being updated. I know people get sentimental. But I hope she'd understand it was the same toy, but better. Oh. And then he's like, in the one where his girlfriend's like, my boyfriend won't leave me alone. He's like, I bought you garlic bread. Why did you... <laughs> it said the garlic bread was delivered, but you didn't, say, you didn't text me back. And it's like, oh my God. 
I am entitled to your time, please. And that's the one. Like, and that to me, that was my entire morning with my girlfriend. Because I read the thing out initially, and we both had that discussion. And then I clicked on his profile and saw that he'd followed his his girlfriend turned up. And we, it was like, I mean, do you know when you watch Tiger King? Oh yeah. And there was just twist after twist after twist, and every new twist was me. Like, oh, and then it ended. <laughs> because like the guy just stopped posting because he clearly realised I'm not going to win here. And uh, you know that they're not walking away thinking to themselves like, oh yeah, you know, I've learned a valuable lesson It's here. It's like, oh, people on the internet won't leave me alone. Yeah, it's, like, it's their fault. Yeah. And Lucas, just any, any thoughts about that? Uh, I mean, I'm glad that she's not with him anymore. <laughs> That's the thing. I hope that girl... Just got out there and got fucking laid <laughs> from a guy who's not as bad at laying pipe. With a bigger ground on. Yeah. <laughs> just take his ground on and release it and see what he says. Because <laughs> that's the thing you know. If she'd have taken that ground on and released it and says, well, I've got another one. It's the same. It's not the same. It's not the one I gave you. Yeah. Oh, that'd be amazing. Just that should be it. She receives the garlic bread and just gets her phone, records herself on the switch and it releasing his Groudon like goodbye just can't rename it arsehole and take it away <laughs> just send it out to the wild <sighs> and then Lucas just before we get on to um, uh, talking about the, the halos hmm. speaking of people who just could not admit they were wrong and went on a day and a half long tirade when they were in the wrong did you see what happened to me on Twitter this week? And I know so many of these sections of the podcast started. Did you see what happened on Twitter? <laughs> this one's really funny. Is this the quote-unquote comedian that you told me about? This is the quote-unquote comedian. So this is a follow-up from the story we um, covered at the end of last week's podcast. Uh, yeah, the John Cleese story, yeah. Yeah, which I just... It was, um, it was uh, in there somewhere. Yeah, would you like to just um, uh, not clarify? What's the word now? Summarise that for the people at home? Just yeah, quick... just... John Cleese got really pissy that somebody got blacklisted from a university for um, impersonating Hitler and making fun of, like, you know, Hitler's victims. Yeah, and it's and for some reason, Mr. John Cleese took it upon himself to be like, no, you know what? I need to defend people's right to invoke the imagery of Hitler and the Holocaust. <laughs> that is the hill that this old man is going to die on. And um, as I mentioned last week, I went... Um, uh, like minorly viral in just my just um, just gunk on this old man defending racists for some inexplicable reason. And that resulted in, because when you end up on that trending tab, you get a lot of weirdos just messaging you. Right, yeah. I'll giving you a bunch of shit. And one of the people that gave me some shit was a guy called Robbie Brooks. And Lucas, how much of this did you see? Um, I just saw your quote tweets and that pretty much ended it there. Okay, well, what happened is I'm on his profile now. I've got thing is I've got to scroll down so fucking far <laughs> because like this is like a part of the story that's going to be so da, 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 da. bam bam. Try to find him now. Try to find like where was the start of this because I have to like do like some double double. Uh, 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 uh. Oh god. <laughs> you just getting lost on Twitter now. It's no, it's because I've got to like bring up like the window. I've got to bring up all mine as well because I've got to go back through my stuff and then his stuff to collate it. Because, but trust me, this is fucking worth it. So okay, uh, yeah, because uh, it's uh, just one of those weird things, isn't it? Of like Twitter threads get really messy. 
Also as well, like Twitter has um, updated its own um, uh, interface, mm. and it's um, uh, I'm not used to it as used to it as I could be. Okay, so what happened was okay. is um, uh, after I'd because I tweeted this thing out like two two days prior, and then out of nowhere I woke up in the morning to a guy just being very very upset that I was making fun of John Cleese. Hmm. Right, to the, to the point where like they decide, do you know what I have to do? I have to defend John Cleese from this person that I am not familiar with. So, were they like previously following you or something? Or are they like nope. specifically hunting down tweets about John Cleese? Uh, they, were speci- they were presumably following the story from what I can see about John Cleese and saw my tweet in the viral tab. Mm. making fun of him, uh, which for people who may not remember is me just saying, in 2002, John Cleese sued a newspaper saying his career had ended in humiliating failure and won specifically because the judge ruled that it had hurt his feelings. So it's quite ironic that Mr. Cleese, who is like now out there, saying that people today get too easily offended, um, was awarded um, a victory in a court case because his feelings were hurt. And Mm -hmm. Mr. Robbie Brooks, who describes himself as a comedian, says... I, a lot of us wish we could be as funny as John Cleese. And I responded to that. This is the start of mine and Robbie Brooks' interaction with an actual tweet from John Cleese that day, which reads as follows. And Lucas, um, please, I, I take no responsibility if your kidneys fall out because your side splits open listening to this one. So, at John Cleese on Twitter. Woke joke. A man walks into a bar. The bartender says, are you racist? The man says, absolutely not. I abhor every form of racism. The barman says, I'm there with you 100%. Not hilarious, but in no way problematic. And I promise, not a pro-racist statement. And Lucas, what do you think of that joke from professional comedian John Cleese? Uh, Yeah, apparently it's just impossible to be funny and not racist at the same time. It's one of those things where, as well, it's so telling. Uh, It's so funny because John Cleese doesn't realise how badly that reads off. He is wholly unable to come up with an amusing scenario that doesn't involve someone being racist. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those things where it's so perfect because he doesn't realize how fucking stupid it makes him look. Yeah, it's weird that he went specifically for racism of like, well, if there's no racism in this joke, it can't be funny. Yeah. And that's not what he meant, but that's what's implied. That's what, that's what his... it comes across like, yes. And that's why it's so... Also as well, the joke is just fucking, like, just not funny. It is terrible. But that's meant to be the point, isn't it? Of like, oh, well, there's no way for it to be funny if it's not offensive. Yeah, and it's like, there are plenty of jokes out there that are hilarious and are also not offensive. Mm -hmm. Like, Lucas, um, what do you call a deer with no eyes? No idea. No idea. What do you call a deer with no eyes and no legs? Still no idea. Still no idea. What do you call a deer with no eyes, no legs, chewing on a razor blade? Still no bloody idea. Still no bloody idea. What do you call a, a man? Uh, no, so what do you call a man who can swim without any arms or legs? Oh, I can't remember this one. Clever dick. <laughs> yeah, that's it. What, what do you call um, a man who can swim without any arms, legs, or a penis? I don't know. Smart ass. <laughs> what do you call a man with a spade in his head? Doug. What do you call Douglas. a man without a spade yeah. in his head? Douglas. Yeah, yeah. That was like what ten jokes just off the top of my head, <laughs> just all completely hard. They're like Christmas cracker jokes. It's like um, 
what Tim Vine does stand up with were just yes. the super quick, snappy, just the moment you don't get one joke, I've already sold another joke. That's the one, yeah. They're not like gut-busting hilarious, but if you tell 10 of them in quick succession, one of them's going to make you at least laugh. And if you mm-hmm. tell... If and uh, if there's like ten of those jokes and like you know like three or four of them land with fifty percent of the crowd, three or four of them land with another twenty percent, and three or four of them land with another thirty percent, like you've made like nearly the entire crowd laugh. Yeah, and that's the thing. But it's like it's just it's so like telling that John Cleese is like, look, it's impossible to make jokes without being horribly racist. And I just I just um, uh, screenshotted that and retweeted it in response to Robbie Brooks saying, a lot of us wish we could be funny as John Cleese is because. Yeah, I wish I was... Lucas, don't you wish you were that funny? Don't you wish you were the comedian? You, you could just see into the mind of comedic genius John Cleese if I came up with that one. Oh, dear. It just is actively, I can't be funny without being offensive. And this guy goes, yeah. well, I wish I could be that funny. <laughs> no, he, he said a lot of people wish they could be that funny. And the reason um, that I found this so hilarious is I just like retweeted that guy and um, just thought no more of it. Mm-hmm. And... He decided, as uh, for some reason, that I am going to spend all day just arguing with literally every single person in my mentions. One of like every ones, single yeah. person who responded to that tweet, this guy argued with. But he didn't argue with them because the moment they made a point that he did not like, he'd just say, I'm tired of this conversation. Stop talking. <laughs> And uh, one of the other things that my girlfriend noticed, because it was very, very funny, is that every time someone would just make fun of him, he'd make fun of them by having an anime avatar. It's like, you have no real name in your profile. You have an anime avatar. Your opinion does not matter. And then I think one of the ones that was kept um, uh, baiting him into responses was saying, well, I've got more followers than you. I also tweet jokes, and my jokes get more interactions than yours, and you're a professional comedian. What does that mean for you? He's like, I don't have to listen to someone without an avatar or a name. It's like, oh, he's so mad. Yeah. He's, just... he's so salty. Christ. I, like, I get the whole stereotype of like the anime avatar, but it's just one of those. Of, like, if you literally can't even get as many likes on your jokes as the quote-unquote anime avatars that you're dumping on, it's like... And- what are you doing? And, you're, and the thing is, this guy calls himself like the almost famous Robbie Brooks. But um, in response to this, he had like a couple of very, very just angry um, responses to me, which I found quite funny. Okay. Um, let me just try and track them. Like, man, this new Twitter UI is fucking terrible. Like, I, I can't get over just how bad it is. Uh, but, 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 okay. All right. So I, I think I found it here. Okay, then he was, uh, in response to this, he said, nobody remembers the safe comedians, um, which I showed to my girlfriend and she put her head in her hands and just went, didn't you show me like three comedians like last week who were this? And you just, you mentioned one yourself there, Tim Vine. Mm-hmm. Would you describe Tim Vine as a safe comedian? Yeah. He tells, he tells nothing but inoffensive one-liners. Then you have people like um, uh, Peter Kay. Yeah. Again, um, he just tells like just um uh, just recounts stories that you know are relatable was and it tells Lee like Lee Evans was it Lee Evans like one yeah. of the most famous well paid comedians on the planet mm-hmm. widely considered like Mr Bean never said a fucking line <laughs> not a word out of his mouth the ent- his entire fucking career made millions of people laugh. To be fair, I Pro- think he might say hello every now and then. I just go Bean, but that's the thing. Like <laughs> one of the most it's like cause I think uh, Mr Bean is one of the most successful comedic inventions in history 
Um, it is one of the most widely syndicated um, programs of all time mm. because it's completely silent and therefore you don't need to subtitle it. Yeah. And it's just absurdist um, humour. Yeah, and it's all through sold through like just over-the-top expression and, you know, physical comedy. Yeah, and it is as well completely safe because there is no one... The only target of any joke in that is Mr. Bean himself and people who drive Reliant Robins. Yeah, and I was going to say, he does bring it on because he is a massive arsehole. He's a massive arsehole to a lot, but that's the thing about the character itself never really does anything maliciously. They never... Um, Apart from to the Reliant Robin driver. To the Reliant Robin, yeah, but like, there's no jokes at the expense of people's race or sexuality or anything like that. So this guy's um, uh, whole... The thrust of his argument of like no one remembers safe comedians, like the most memorable, famous comedic persona on planet Earth, and possibly that's ever going to exist, is a silent comedian who never said a word. Yep. And that's the thing as well, because um, after he said that, I just went like the core. I explained my theory on jokes. So the core of what makes a joke is a surprise, a setup, and then a swerve. An offensive joke doesn't have that because it's likely reliant on a tired stereotype, and we all know the punchline as a result. That's fair. That's is, fair, yeah. and, it's fair, and that's the thing. And like, he had no response to that. Of course. Not. He just said his response was stay away from comedy clubs. Cool. Yeah, sure. Keep in mind as well, I used to do stand up comedy. And that's the thing, like, you know, there is a discussion to be had about what is and isn't a joke. Not obviously saying that you need um, to be offensive to tell a joke, but there is a discussion there that he does not want to engage with because he doesn't have an argument. No, he lacks the um, uh, the critical capabilities to um, have a discussion that's more nuanced than shut up. Mm-hmm. That's his whole discussion of just shut up and stop talking about it. Yeah. And then one of the things, because I was sat there in the morning because like, me and my girlfriend was in bed having a coffee, and she just like was like watching him just have this absolute fucking meltdown, arguing with everybody, and she was getting increasingly pissed off at him. That's fair. That's because fair. like when he was saying stuff like there's no such thing as a safe comedian, it's like there's so many fucking just comedians who tell safe jokes and someone mm-hmm. mentioned like Bob Newhart one of the most famous comedians ever and he's like well no he doesn't count because he was more a presenter than a comedian it's like you mean the end goal for every fucking comedian a, st- a steady gig on television yeah it's like all the pretty much any um, comedians that would turn down something like a presenter role no not realistically because as you say it's a steady fucking job like so many comedians end up as like um, a host or a presenter or a permanent slot on a panel in like you know one of those mock the week type shows or yeah anything like that. It's like yeah, that's kind of the aim. And then the one that got me, this is really funny, um, is he was like in risk after a massive long argument. Comedy that makes us think is important. Today, people want to censor a group of comedians, and one of the things I notice is he always capitalizes the word comedian. And it's like, oh, he, he fucking thinks he's the big deal, doesn't he? He thinks Comedian, that he is comedy. the most important person. Yeah. Um, take away those... Uh, tomorrow, those censors may get censored. Take away one's words. You're supporting an idea to take away all words. And I just retweeted that um, with a screenshot of the term slippery slope fallacy and its definition and then just zoomed right in on the word fallacy. Yep. Because <laughs> that's the thing is, it's always like, well, if... You, where does it end? I don't know. With people not being racist, maybe. But it's that's the and it's one of those arguments I fucking hate. Of well, if you do this one way, um, they're gonna it's gonna get worse. Like no, that's the slippery slope fallacy. No, but Carl Joe Rogan told me that white men won't be able to be like heard soon. He said on the most famous fucking 
like the most subscribed to podcast on the fucking planet. Soon, if we continue this way, white men will be silenced altogether. But do you know what I really liked about that? Like, his response to it was just, uh, this is boring. Oh, wow. <laughs> He's like, this is boring. And then, and then after that, why are you so taken with me? Do you not want freedom of speech? Which, for a lot of people, this is, I'm going to help people with arguments here. Of, um, when you hear someone make an argument like the one I just mentioned previously, that's a slippery slope fallacy. And the mm-hmm. um, operative word there is fallacy. Yep. Uh, for anyone who wants the, de- um, the definition, it's a slippery slope argument. It's committed when one argues without providing adequate evidence. That's a relatively um, simple or um, innocuous um, uh, change will result in a much wider one. It's weird. Without any it, evidence or reasoning. It weirdly reminds me of like a moment I rewatched of It's Always Sunny recently. Mm-hmm. And it's um, the episode where basically their, their grand plan is to buy gasoline now hoard it for a year and then sell it when it goes up in price and they draw a graph chart with like zero numbers of just look line is going up it's like but you don't have any evidence or like a business plan or any numbers will go up trust me numbers will go up yeah it's like i have a you have zero feeling lucas i've got a feeling yep i've got a feeling the phalanges on the plane don't work i have a feeling (laughs) And then um, in response to that, sorry, he says, why are you taking it? Do you not want freedom of speech? That right there, folks, is something known as a philosophical term known as reductio ad absurdum. And I just responded again with a screenshot of this, um, uh, um, de- the definition of that. Uh, for anyone who's curious about it, reductio ad absurdum is a mode of argumentation that seeks to establish contention by deriving an absurdity from its denial, thus arguing that a thesis must be up- accepted because its rejection would be untenable. Essentially, you boil down someone's argument to its most absurd bait, like the most absurd abstraction you could make from it, and argue that that's the point they're making instead. So by me saying this is a slippery slope fallacy, he tries to boil that down to, do you not want freedom of speech? It's like, that's not the point I was making, but it's the point he wants me to argue against because that's an untenable position to hold, and therefore he wins. Yeah, because then that's changing the conversation of not do you want... Hitler impressionists banned from universities. It's, it's like, do, do you not you want, want anyone to be able to all of free speech to be gone in the world, Carl? Which is not what I said, but when you frame it like that, I then have to argue from the position of wanting to ban free speech, which is not what I want, but mm-hmm. when you frame it that way, and there might be people out there who've had that happen to them and I can get really pissed off with it and wondering, like, how do I break that down to explain why the person is being like, you know, um, disingenuous? And that's it. It's reductio ad absurdum. And when I co- pointed that out, because I'm aware of this thing. He just responded, I'm not as bothered as you want me to be, Carl. And I want he you says to keep that in mind. screaming in your replies all day. And I want you to keep in mind that the, that was, the I think, the last time I responded to him um, for the entire day. Okay. Uh, I, I didn't respond about um, anything about this um, uh, for like a couple hours. Um, when my girlfriend pointed out because she also started dunking on him with her profile or <laughs> just calling him a dickhead because she pointed out that he keeps making the same like comeback to people of um, stay away from comedy clubs. Like that's all he'd say anything. He capitalized the C in comedy and the C in clubs. Of course, yeah. Which is just really funny to me. But he said that to about three or four different people. And she's like, you can't even come up with enough original material for Twitter replies. <laughs> and he's like, I don't see your point here. And then I noticed that he made like three or four mother-in-law jokes as well. It's like, Lucas, in the year 
of our Lord and Saviour, Masahiro Sakurai, the 2021st year of his like reign. <laughs> a guy who's making mother-in-law jokes who describes himself as a professional comedian. What do you think of that? Um, you know, when I was watching movies 10 years ago with mother-in-law jokes in, and I'm cringing so hard because it's such a fucking tired, overdone, incorrect statement. Yeah. And then this guy is here in 2021 defending the art of comedy, saying that safe, co- no one remembers safe comedians making one of the most cliched, boring, shit ass takes. Mm-hmm. The last thing is, it's not safe, it's just tired. The last thing I'd argue it's safe to make jokes that rely on these tired stereotypes because you don't have to challenge yourself. Exactly. And you don't have to challenge other people because they know exactly what's coming anyway. Yeah, they know the punchline. They know the punchline, and it's no, it's not funny, but it does confirm their own. Um, uh, what's the word now? The word I'm thinking of here, their own um, uh, biases. Right. Yeah. And I just thought that was really funny. And then it was like seven and a half hours later because I was like spending time with my missus, mm-hmm. and she says, "Why did you keep checking your phone?" Like, I'm getting a fucking update every five minutes. And the update was that he was arguing, as I said, with literally every single person who responded to that original tweet. But every time they brought up an argument that he couldn't defend or a point that he didn't like, like I did with the um, reductio ad absurdum or something like that, he'd just say, "Um, I'm tired of this conversation now. Stay away from comedy clubs. As they then continue to have an argument in the replies. So you're not tired of the conversation. You don't want to respond to this one tweet. Because you don't know, you don't have a response because you lack the critical thinking skills to be able to do so. Mm-hmm. At which point, maybe you should step away from the conversation. The thing that's really funny as well is this guy was in Australia, and uh, like you could tell from because my girlfriend's like, I wonder what time it is over there. Mm. And she looked and went, when he started, it was ten o'clock at night, and he's been tweeting every ten minutes for seven hours, which means that he stayed up till four in the morning, oh arguing with everybody while also insisting that it's not something that bothers me. I don't know why anyone's saying that I'm bothered. I'm not bothered at all. And then a couple hours later, I got a response to that from a guy who follows me. Is this still going on? And I looked, and he was still arguing. Yep, 12 hours now. Oh, my God. And it was also pointed out that, oh, he has his own, like, hashtags where he, like, gives his comedic thoughts. And I looked at some of them, and the vast majority of them are just him complaining that nobody thinks he's funny. (laughs) That's a sign of a great comedian. Just moaning that I'm not funny. Like, uh, would you, would you like to hear some of his thoughts? No, but for the sake of the podcast, yes. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna click on his hashtag here. And the best is now if you click on his hashtag, <laughs> the doing it's like top tweets. Yeah, the top ones are people responding to me and then using his hashtag ironically, saying <laughs> stuff like "justice for mother-in-laws." Oh, or, why are you so unfunny? And then just me shitting on him. <laughs> uh, which time? Where's the one that was really fucking good? Like, I'm going to read a couple of them out, Luke, and I want you to... Uh, so, da, 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 da. Uh, the one good thing about COVID is that it's kept missionaries from travelling. They are a nuisance. I dread the day they come knocking on our door and I'll have to get back into the habit of barking at them like a dog. Hashtag almost famous Robbie Brooks. Zero responses, zero retweets, zero likes. <laughs> There is no end game in comedy, no goalposts. Maybe the audience size will change. Maybe you get to do more, but the chase never ends. Also, you get old and shit. Hashtag almost famous Robbie Brooks. No comments, no retweets, one like. Oh, he did get a like. We got he, he got one. It. 
and th- this is my favourite one, this, because this is the one that put, like, put my fucking sides in orbit. A pet peeve I have with stand-up open mics is when the last person on the list is referred to as the headliner or the closer just because they're the last. Headliners do more than three to five minutes. You're just the, the last after a percentage of the audience has left. Zero comments, zero retweets, zero likes. And my favourite thing about that is he's really pissed at the idea that the person going on last is the headliner. Mm-hmm. They are. Generally, because I used to do booking for the comedy, um, uh, the stand-up comedy that went on at our university and went to a couple of shows and know a few people in that world. Mm-hmm. Even at open mic nights, the person who's on last is generally someone who's at the very least established in the area and that the club themselves know is pretty good or at least decent enough way you can close off with it and not piss everybody off. Yeah, I was listening to somebody talking on a podcast like they were, you know, trying out some um, stand-up just in a very small kind of... Um, like side hustle kind of way and mm-hmm. they were saying a similar thing of like yeah there are the established people at these clubs who have like their name on the list already at open mic nights like they get booked in for open mics but then you know the first hour or two will be people actually going for the first time and then they make sure that no at the end of the night you still get people that we can say are good you know so we know that we're closing off with a strong one mm-hmm. and you think someone who went to enough open mics to know that and just, I saw that and was like, oh, he's just really pissed off that that's not him. He's not the person they put at the end of the um, show. He's not the person who's like, gets consistent good enough laughs. No, he's the person who gets put in the middle of the pack. Yeah, and the thing that I like about this is his own comment about this sums up why those people go last. It's like, oh, you're just the, you're just the person performing to the people who stayed right to the end. It's like, surely the fact people are staying to the end to hear them talk is the reason they're going on last, because they're so good that people will stay to the end to hear them speak. That's the point of a fucking headliner! Yep. Oh. And then we have one here. I have tweets that are still gaining hearts. How about those people follow me? Is that much to ask? Hashtag almost famous Robbie Brooks. Zero comments, zero retweets, zero likes. That's the epitome of just sadness is not begging for people to follow you on like a viral tweet but begging people to follow you because at some point they've interacted with your tweet yeah it's like and that's the thing he's doing it on a hashtag that is exclusively him saying stuff like this of like i don't like that people are more successful and funny than me or just shitting on other comedians like open mic nights and stuff like that Mm -hmm. oh god I just Im- oh. imagine if the ATM had a button for robbing the place. Hashtag almost famous Robbie Brooks. What? Zero comments, zero retweets, zero likes. Is that meant to be a joke? Yeah, Lucas. That's Lucas. This is a joke from almost famous Robbie Brooks. That's where's the joke, Lucas? You just don't want to stay away from comedy clubs. Yeah, I need to clearly. <laughs> Just, there's no semblance of a punchline in there or anything. It's just, oh, banks should let us rob them. Halloween was cooler before people made it cute. 30 years ago, you might see a little blood. Nowadays, glitter. Almost famous Robbie Brooks. Uh, zero like, comments, uh, zero retweets, point, zero likes. Just, you are old man yelling at a cloud. Lucas, I need to comment as, point out as well. So I've got, um, on the 18th of September alone... So I'm going to start to the top. So the 18th of September alone, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 
8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 20, so 26 straight tweets, all with the hashtag, almost famous Robbie Brooks, and in those series of 26 jokes, of the same quality you just heard, Lucy got one, two, um, two likes. Wow. So 26 jokes. So like that's probably an entire set right there, isn't it? Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Two likes. This is a professional comedian. God, I thought my engagement was bad. Jesus. <laughs> I can't. I can't deal with this. The worst thing about ghosts is that you can't even convince those bumps in the night to pay rent. It's like talking to a wall. And then he does that thing as well of I'm noticing he's posting a lot of the same ones on different days. Right. Do you know that thing people do when they have a viral tweet and they post it again a few days later to get more viral? So he's doing that with tweets that got literally zero engagement. <laughs> I have a little over 100 followers on each of the platforms I'm on. This cult stuff is harder than I thought it would be. Maybe I should try getting rich first. That seems to be the easiest way to accomplish anything. Hashtag almost famous Robbie Brooks. Ah, yes. What, what a clever insight there, Carl. Titanic doesn't rhyme with panic for nothing. What? Almost famous Robbie Brooks. What? Carl. Lucas. This is a professional comedian. Carl. Yes. Should we talk about Halo? We can talk about Halo, yeah, but I just want, I just just want to go like, through a few... I, this guy is just up, making me depressed. This went a lot deeper than I thought, but the ending to this story is, like I said, I just stopped giving a fuck. Okay. And I was just respond. People were just asking me, is this guy still going? I'm like, yeah, he's still going. He's mm-hmm. still going. It's really, really sad because the one thing I noticed is he was very clearly desperate for this to go viral again so that he could be the guy who's like telling off the youtuber mm-hmm. like joe like that thing of like i of uh, uh, uh when people just yell at tweets and get more likes than the thing that they're yelling at yeah yeah he was very clearly hoping for that and he, all of my things talking about it where i didn't mention him he would respond saying why aren't you talk- referring to me directly Carl? are you obsessed with me or something and I showed it to my girlfriend. I explained to her, look, this is one of those things you learn after a long time doing this. This is someone who's desperate to get retweeted. So what you do is you don't do that. And that annoys them more than anything. But do you remember like last time we talked about that guy who I did and then he deleted his account straight away? Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. It's one of the things you learn. You get your eye in when it comes to stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's like either they're going to be embarrassed and delete their account or something, or it's going to be they're like hit of adrenaline because it's the most engagement they've ever got on Twitter. So they're going to cling to it. As I said, this guy for um, uh, seven straight hours, so through the night, was tweeting at people every 10 minutes. And then um, it got to the next day and I got a bunch of direct messages Hmm. from people who were involved in that conversation saying, oh, he blocked me. But before he blocked me, I managed to see Dustin's account. It says here, I try not to block people, but I had to block at Carl Smallwood and his anime army. That guy is as toxic as the bad guy from Swamp Thing. My mental health just can't take the constant harassment. Nonetheless, John Cleese is still funny. And I went through, and I I couldn't count because there's just so many, but over the course of 10 hours, that man sent 
over 100 tweets, either directly or indirectly, to me, arguing in my mentions and calling me a bunch of names and um, basically goading me into a response so I'd argue with him so he could get more online clout. And when I just responded with a resounding wall of silence, he got really pissed off and just started saying, I can't believe I'm being bullied. I'm being bullied by this man I sent 100 fucking tweets to in the space of 10 hours. Yeah. It's just, oh, God. <laughs> Is is really funny though, when the entire crux of the argument goes back to John Cleese being like, people should not get offended and bought hurt, and then he's like, I can't take this. Is that I'm really offended and bought hurt, so I'm going to block Carl. It's the ultimate irony of it because one of the things I noticed is you can't roast me. I go on stage. And I, I'm on a stage all the time. Nothing you can say can upset me. And then when he realizes that absolutely nobody gives a fuck about anything he says and they're all just roasting him constantly, he's like, no, I'll be bullied. It's always the way. But, but also the thing of um, there should be no, uh, there are no sacred cows in comedy. Everything should be like, nothing should be above mockery. Whoa, whoa, are you making fun of John Cleese? You can't do that. <laughs> it's like, what is it? Is it that the everything should be joked about and that everything should be fodder for comedy, or other things that you shouldn't joke about because it hurts people's feelings? Mm-hmm. Is like taking people's probably. feelings into account something you would like to do or not? Well, it depends if it's their feelings or not, Lucas. Well, yeah, of course. And the the addendum to the addendum on that one, which I find just so so funny is i kept getting direct i retweeted that because i find it so hilarious i'm like wow the guy who tweeted at me a hundred times in a row is saying that i'm harassing him um i got messages from people that i didn't even respond to anything in that thread that he's blocked me which means he went through and individually blocked every single person who liked one of my um, uh, responses to him oh my god but lucas he's not but hurt no, not at do, all. Do your worst. There's nothing you could do to me that my mother-in-law hasn't already said that's worse. <laughs> he doesn't have a mother-in-law, Carl. Oh, and the thing that I'd love to know now is, because it's a shame that I can no longer, because I like to go on to like, um, incognito tab to view his account. Oh, of course. I would love to see his next stand-up show where he has to frame that as that time he like schooled a YouTuber. Oh, yeah. Because you know that's what he's going to do. It's like, and this guy with his anime army comes in. It's like, anime army, what? Do you know what I would love, though, if he went on stage? Like, because uh, my girlfriend said, wouldn't it be really funny if he went on stage and tried reading out your tweets to show how unfunny you are and had people laugh at them? <laughs> and I was like, well, oddly enough, one of the most viral tweets I ever made was a joke from stand-up. Do you know that rollercoaster tycoon joke? Oh, made? right, yeah, yeah. That was a bit from when I did stand-up. It was going to be for a... Um, a, a a bit I wrote on video games. Mm-hmm. And I think I told the story of I told it on stage once and then people accused me of stealing my own joke from Facebook and it just put me off doing stand-up comedy. Oh, right, yeah. But like that's like one of the most viral things I've ever written. That's like one of like millions and millions of shares online. And that's something I did like 10 years ago as a piss take. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because I was doing stand-up for a laugh. Yep. And then it's just... It's really easy as well to get traction online. All you've got to do is just have a personality and be funny. And you think someone who was a comedian for a living will understand that? Because being a comedian is just having a personality and being funny. Yeah, but then, <laughs> you know, how so much of that, that how much of that Venn diagram actually overlaps with people that to this day vehemently defend John Cleese as being like a top tier comedian? <laughs> That's the one. My favourite thing is not my favourite thing, but one of the things that really, really got me is uh, my girlfriend's like, he's just not funny. 
And what he was doing in response to people saying he's not funny is showing clips um, from shows that he'd done um, where people are laughing at him, but editing out the joke because like, I don't share my jokes on Twitter. You have to see them live and in person. Oh and it's God. like, how fucking sad is that? Mm-hmm. No, I'm really funny. Look, here's a clip um, of people laughing at a joke I told. And you can see in the clip, it's the same fucking venue that his profile picture's from. Ah, like, oh, right. this guy, has this guy done like three shows? Or does he just go to the one club? As he, or does he just go to the one club, yeah. Like he's found those 20 people that find him funny on, on a stage and he's like, I'm committing to this they club now. They clearly don't follow him on Twitter, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I always talk about because that was such a fun day for me. Because I was like just really hungover. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? My girlfriend's like, yeah, she was getting notifications too because she'd respond. She like did that thing where she dunked on him. He... Dunked on, he tried to respond to her and then a bunch of people were like, you're not funny, dude, leave her alone. But then he'd argue with them and she kept getting stuck in the fucking thread as well. That's where mute this conversation comes in. <laughs> and one of the things, that's what I had to do eventually, but one of the things that's really funny is I retweeted my girlfriend making fun of him. Mm. And in from her getting retweeted saying that she got like two subscribers, mm. we checked his followers, he actually lost followers doing it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just, oh, it's end of that. So, in short, fuck almost famous Robbie Brooks. You can eat my ass with a spoon. You're not funny. And John Cleese is a knobhead. Come at me with your 100 strong non-anime army. My anime army will defeat your non-anime <laughs> army because we've got the power of anime and numbers on our side. People with anime avatars, Carl. They're, um... they'll, they'll fuck around. My favorite bit is some of the people, they didn't even have anime avatars. They had like hand-drawn avatars. That oh yeah, but to, to them it's just, oh no, anime... It must be anime. It's drawn. It's like they've that heard, was really funny. They've clearly heard the term anime avatar as a bad thing and just throw it around without understanding what it means. Yeah. It's also that one of like, none of, none of the people who were um, arguing with me are using their real name or their profile. It's like, well, I am. Why don't you try and argue with anything that I've said? And it's like, he refused to. <laughs> it's almost like I had a point. Reductio ad absurdio. It's just, it's really bizarre to me that this all boils down to defending somebody pretending to be Hitler as a, a joke. That's how it all started, yeah. It's like one of those, you ever seen that meme with like the dominoes? Hmm. I think so. And it's just like, it starts with a little one, it just ends with like this guy going on like a ten and a half hour tirade. Yeah. And the worst part is, midway through his like long ass tirade, uh, like he posted a selfie uh, because I um, just responded to him like, maybe you're just a shit comedian. And I got one of those Twitter updates. I'm like, are you sure you want to post this? And it fucking cracked me up. <laughs> uh, like he posted a picture of like, aha, Carl, your tweets are offensive, but mine are not. And you could clearly see that it's like three o'clock in the morning. Mm. And you can see like his wife in bed behind him. And it's like, that was your entire day. Yeah. That that was his entire day. So I hope he enjoyed that. And I hope that he gets some good material out of it. Because I've just got... Um, 30 minutes on this podcast out of it. That's true. So at the very least, I hope he gets five minutes on stage because then it's like, you know, law of equivalent exchange. <laughs> and I would, if anyone out there, do not harass this guy because he can't take it. No. He's clearly like, you know, a big, huge wuss. But if anybody out there uh, has Facebook or something and can find any clips of his performances, I'd be very interested to see them because I am curious to see what a guy who's so cripplingly unfunny 
on his own public facing profile designed to advertise himself as a comedian is actually like yeah I'd, I'd definitely be interested in seeing what his jokes are yeah and how many of them are just the fact that he's overweight and has shit hair or mother-in-law jokes mother-in-law <laughs> jokes no better than those mother-in-law jokes oh god so have you ever written a joke Presumably you have. Is there anything like that stick out in your mind? Like, do you ever come up with a joke? Nah. I'm not really... Like, I'm, I'm more about, you know, just trying to attempt to be funny by pointing out things and stuff in, like, conversation rather than writing actual jokes. That's fair, yeah. Because I consider myself, like, I was, like, in between, like, I wrote jokes with observational stuff. And, like, a lot of the stories we tell on the channel are just, like, repurposed um, uh, bits from my stand-up or bits that never made it into my stand-up. Mm. So if you have, like, if anyone out there has a personal favourite story from the channel, chances are it was originally, it did originally begin life as um, a piece from my stand-up. Yeah. And you can cl- and you can see that a lot of those will just translate to me being stood up on a stage because for most of the videos up until recently, I was just stood up in front of a nondescript background. Oh, you know what we never did? Telling jokes. Turn it into a brick wall. No, I was going to say, we never um, did that shadow people thing where Mark Cerny for like the the first COVID PlayStation thing had like those weird fake audience members in front of him. Oh, man, we could have done that. Could have done that. God damn it. Like a fake stand up crowd in front of you, like at the bottom of the screen. And just pipe in some really bad canned laughter. (laughs) Just ah ha 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 like the ones from like Big Bang Theory where they clearly loop. Did you ever see that? Oh uh, like, no. One of those people on Reddit with too much time on their hands. It's like um, I get have a really weird ear for laughs, mm. and I figured out that they pipe in fake laughs in Have I Met Your Mother? I oh, know How I Met Your Mother and um, Big Bang Theory because there's a guy with a very distinctive laugh who's so loud and obnoxious that you can hear it over all the other laughs, and they put, like, a compilation of just this guy's obnoxious fake laugh. Oh, no. And it's like, well, they're clearly piping this in to fill out the laugh track if it's not as very good. Because so they were filmed... I think a lot of those shows are filmed in front of live audiences, but when the response is not what they want, they pipe in extra laugh tracks. Mm-hmm. Of course. And just one of them happens to contain this very obnoxious, distinctive laugh. Oh, God. It reminds me of, I found out um, recently that in the Raimi movies, um, apparently Kirsten Dunst like didn't do any screaming for number two and three. They just reused her screams from number one. No! Oh, no! I'm not going to be able to hear that now! <laughs> just what, like, I noticed when we talked about the Raimi movie like a couple of weeks ago, and I noticed that um, a lot of Green Goblin's lines are ADR'd. Oh, so recorded, right. recorded after the fact, because you can see through the mask just enough to see Willem Dafoe's mouth, mm-hmm. and when he's talking and his lips aren't moving, and it fucking got... And I was like, oh, no! I wish I'd not noticed yeah, that. Yeah, I've never noticed that. Oh, God, I, I watched The Amazing Spider-Man 2 last night. Because as you can tell, I'm just watching them all to build up to, like, No Way Home. But um... Yeah, which keeps spoiling itself. Like, fuck off with releasing trailers and posters that have spoilers on them. Like, I'm going to watch the movie. You've got us. Yeah. Marvel, you've got our money. Yeah. Why do you have to keep spoiling something you know everybody's going to go watch? And then the trailer dropped and I didn't watch the trailer, but then... But you All saw the, the fucking hashtags going on in the trending tab. I saw them and was like, ah. That's it, that. Joke pissed me off most about that. Kevin Feige was like cornered about this, like when are you releasing a trailer for Spider Man, when you're releasing a trailer for Spider Man, hmm. and he said, when I I can't tell you anything. All I can tell you is that there will be a trailer for the film before the film comes out. And one of the ways that was interpreted is is that they're not going to release a trailer until before the film is out. 
Like they're going to put it literally during uh, you go watch the right. film. Yeah. That's when the trailer is. And I was like, that would be such a baller move because this is Spider-Man. People are going to go watch this. And then that was completely upended by, no, like here's like 18 fucking spoilers. It's like, you nah. know what? Fuck you all. It comes out two days early in the UK. I'm going to watch it. I'm fucking spoiled. No, I'm not. Just no, go no, on I'm Twitter on the 15th, like two days before America gets it. Like, guess fucking what, dickheads. Oh, man, but it's just that thing that I saw. I went on Reddit. It's like here's the poster, and I scrolled past it. And I've already seen like three things on there that I didn't know. Yeah, God even damn it! Quickly scrolling past to avoid it, I saw like big details, and then, then as I say on the trending tab, I've seen like so many different things, and I've like hidden the fucking things. But is that a thing of? Did they really need? I was going to. I, I can't think of a single person who's not who wasn't going to watch it. Who's probably been convinced by that? It's like, you were going to watch it from the first fucking poster that yeah. had the thing on it it's like <gasps> I remember how much interaction they got off just the name reveal yeah they didn't need to do anything else and I'm really pissed off that they did because I would have loved if they could set the precedent of for their movies don't even release trailers mm. we know you're going to watch it all we're going to do is like just tell you who's in it it's Spider-Man done anyway uh, so Lucas have you played the Halos uh, so I have only played a couple of hours of Halo so far. As I said, okay. I um, have been quite busy, but I did stream it Monday night when it came out and got a couple of hours. As in did there. I. So I was going to stream Doom, and then like <laughs> while I was I was getting set up, there was just a text. Uh, it was not text, like three messages from three different group chats. I mean, I'm like, Halo's out. What? <laughs> just what? What do you mean Halo's like, it's out now? You can download it and play it right now. I'm like, wait, what? Because I saw uh, the, like the rumors going around Twitter of like, Oh, it's like there's kind of like bits and bobs to suggest that it's gonna come out on that day, like the anniversary of the Xbox. It's like twentieth anniversary, yeah. Okay, okay. So then I had penned in or penciled in, I guess, a Destiny two PvP stream, and the mm. moment it got announced, I was like, "Well, that's cancelled." <laughs> it's like that's a Halo. No stream. one's watching me play Destiny when Halo's come out an hour ago. Yeah, so I played, um, also played it on stream that night, and I played the entire day yesterday, because mm. I took yesterday off, because I was like, really, I'm really stressed from work, so the amount of shit I've got to do, you know what, I'm just going to take a day for myself and just play some fucking Halo. Mm-hmm. And so I probably have more experience with the game than you, and I have some thoughts on it, but Lucas, what are yours? Uh, for the most part, really good. Um, okay, I disagree. Okay, I'll be interested there to have this conversation though. Um, yes. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it from a couple of hours I played. Um, I think maybe like there's some weapon tweaking and stuff that they could do. Like, I think like that's my issue. Maybe some well. of the, like the weapons could kill a bit quicker. Yeah, um, I am. Um, I went into that. Was it the training mode where every weapon, mm-hmm. every weapon, uh, almost every single new weapon is basically useless. Not like usually you can still kill with them, but from the perspective of time to kill. Right, yeah. Um, like TTK, uh, which people don't know in a first-person shooter, is just like, how long from when you start shooting a person, um, do like, how long is it from when you start shooting until they die? And with almost every single weapon I've like found, um, the time to kill from almost every range is more or the same as just the weapon you start with, the assault rifle, meaning that those weapons are effectively useless. The assault rifle is far too strong. Because yeah, it's, it's like essentially a power weapon that you start with at the yeah, moment. It can kill. I've got kills of it from across the map. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, it's one of those weird quirks of Halo where 
I mean, almost every other first-person shooter to exist, headshots do extra damage because it's, you're shooting someone in the head. Precision, yeah. You get rewarded yeah, for the precision. Um, that is not the case in Halo. So do you know how Halo works in regards to um, uh, the damage multiplier on headshots? Uh, it's tied to each individual gun, right? Uh, no. The uh, headshot multiplier um, uh, is different for each gun when you shoot in the head, but only on unshielded enemies. Right. Um, shooting a shielded enemy does the same damage no matter where they are shot, with the exception of um, power weapons like the sniper rifle. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, like stuff like rocket launchers, which just do like direct like kinetic damage. But say, for example, with the assault rifle, shooting someone in the foot does the exact same damage as shooting them in the head. But it does work with precision weapons, doesn't it? Where like, say, for example, the Magnum or the BR will do extra damage nope. to the head, right? Nope. Three shots. Oh. Three shots. It feels like it does because it feels like you're doing it. But, it's more, but that's because your aim's but quite good. But then when the yeah. um, shield is stripped, it then one does. headshot will kill them. Yeah. Yes. And that's how it works. There's a damage multiplier on the headshot when they have no shield, which means that um, the two weapons you start with are custom made for ripping apart opponents. Because the assault rifle, which is a very long range, works with a great range, has really great um, uh, rate of fire, can strip a shield off. And then one shot from the pistol, which you can switch to in a quarter of a second, mm-hmm. is a um, one hit kill. Yeah. And that's always been a really nice combination to start with. But it's so powerful now, I never felt any incentive to pick up any weapon. It's been bizarre trying the new weapons. And they all feel worse than the base And ones. just Well, it's not even that. It's that I like the feel of them. Um, but I'm getting shredded by people with just the AR that they start with. It's like, but I hunted down this like shotgun or whatever it is on the map in a power weapon location to then just get melted by somebody with a basic assault rifle who has effectively infinite ammo because everybody spawns with his weapon and you pick up ammo automatically, meaning that there is no um, uh, reason not to just... As soon as you see someone, even if you just see the back of the legs, mm-hmm. just shoot them because you're going to pick up more ammo for that thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas like uh, like the Needler, um, it still kills if you get like the super combined, but it feels so weak. Yeah, it does, yeah. I've been killed by people. It's like, I've got the fucking Needler and it's point blank range Why? and I'm behind them. Why can they turn around and kill me before the Needler killed them? And that's the thing is, I think, like I should say, the TTK is a bit weird and some fine weapon tuning is really needed. However, in terms mm-hmm. of like um, gun feel, like gameplay, just the feel of the game, like the sound design, um, the the graphics are like it feels like a very good experience but i think they just need a bit of like as i say weapon tweaking yeah because i'm um, playing it i never felt any incentive to pick up any weapon except for the rocket launcher because every other weapon i picked up i'm gonna die i am objectively worse off to use this gun like the have you tried using that fucking covenant pulse rifle oh that thing's awful it don't work i picked it, it up work. thinking it was a different weapon and then shot it and went, what? No, no, no. It just misses. It does not It does not hit. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to have tracking on it. And I am 100% convinced that the training mode lies to you about how much damage guns do. Because if you go into training mode and use that pulse rifle, it kills in three bursts. Right. Meaning that it's on paper, it's better than the BR. Mm. But I have like shot people who have got no shield on them with three clear bursts and it's not killed them. Oh. So I, I am convinced that the training mode makes weapons more powerful. I have to say, I've literally streamed this for two hours, so you might have a bit more experience in terms of, like, yeah, getting 
time in the training mode and stuff. But yeah, I went in and tried like every weapons training mode, mm. and almost every single one feels worse than just a regular assault rifle. Yeah, it's like that's not good because these are the weapons that are supposed to be a reward for, for like, finding them out on the map and getting to them first. Yeah, it's like that disruptor pistol. Have you tried using that, which does damage over time in a game where you are on almost every situation got two on like being shot at with an assault rifle. Ah, uh-huh, that's what it does because I picked it up once shot them, got killed, and then they died. And I was like, I don't know what yeah, this it, weapon does, because I was dead. It does damage over time. Right, okay. So, it, so it's quite good. It's a very specific gun in terms of... It might be good to peek around a corner and then get back in cover, but that's not really Halo. No. And then you've got the other one, like the shock rifle, which is just... A, it says, oh, it's got 12 bullets in it, but every shot fires three, so it carries four bullets. Um, and it's just and it's just a sniper rifle equivalent, but it's worse because it has a worse zoom. Shout and its out! Projectiles though. don't its projectiles don't hit instantaneously. I was going to say it's fucking useless because I was surprised because it seems like as 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 far as I could tell from playing Big Team Battle that the skewer is hit scan. The skewer was really yes. fun. The skewer is fun, but it's just the Spartan laser. Uh, it's more like a sniper, really. But it's, it does the same thing as the Spartan laser of going through everything. Oh, does it go through objects? Well, again, yeah, no, the Halo sniper does that, doesn't it? Only a little bit. It does it's penetrate multiple targets. Yeah, but no, vehicles, it usually deflects off or, bam- or does like damage to the person inside but doesn't kill. Right, yeah. But it's like, yeah, but almost every weapon just feels bad because you can't, like, the amount of times, like, I picked up a Hydra. It's a fucking rocket launcher. I shot someone with three rockets, point blank range, and they just gun me. <laughs> like I took more damage from the splash damage of the rockets hitting them in the face oh, than the rockets. Like, why would I pick this thing up if the assault rifle does more damage from more range? And and um, yeah, like that's the thing is, again, a lot of this comes down to um, just gun balance. Tw- but tweak that shit, yeah. I definitely think the game feels very solid, and I think it does. Just. Going back to a bit more of a basic system where, yeah, you you have your sprint and mantle, but you don't have like the dashes like you do in um, Halo 5 built in. It's all around the equipment systems again, which feels a lot more just Halo-esque of picking up equipment on the map. Getting Having a one-time use thing. The, like, yeah, the one-time or three-time use out of it. Um, and just, it feels good to play a Halo the plays like you remember Halo play. Yeah, and I don't think it particularly plays at Halo. I think it plays at Halo Reach. In my head, Halo's a lot more deliberate. Um, Halo, original Halo, like 1, 2, and 3, controlled more akin to Siege, where it's like very... Mm. Um, uh, it's more about map control. Yeah, it's more slow I played... Um, I only really played Halo 3 and Reach, and a lot of my memory is probably yeah. playing Halo Reach. Yeah, which is um, a good game, really solid game. I think it was a really good um, uh, um, uh, expansion on the original format. It's probably what Halo needed to survive in the space, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like what I, in my head, think of Halo, which is a lot more slow paced, a lot more deliberate. Right. Yeah. With a bigger emphasis, with a bigger emphasis on uh, map control as opposed to movement. It, it was more about precision than it was about movement, and this one's like you know, a kind of a combination of both. It is. Yeah. It definitely is. Um, but Lucas, what do you think of that fucking leveling system? Well, that's what I, I meant to mention earlier. Is like, yeah, everyone's in agreement. And, uh, not Bungie. Bungie make Destiny now. 
343 are very aware and have already commented like, yeah, the leveling system, we need to change it, we know. Uh, so for people who maybe aren't familiar with it, Halo has a battle pass now. And this battle pass, um, you earn experience points for it. And these experience points will unlock things as they go through. If you buy the battle pass for about £10, I believe, um, you can unlock some customization options for your Spartan. You can make your Spartan look all pretty. You can doll them up so they look exactly how you want them to. You can make them look like characters from previous games if you really feel like it. But for people um, who don't want to buy the battle pass, you can get free stuff in it. And this is a popular thing with video games. The one that I'm more familiar with is Call of Duty. And the one uh, the I'm more Duty familiar one. with is Destiny. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I'll describe the one in Call of Duty. The one in Call of Duty, um, uh, the free one, you get all guns. All guns are free. So there's no like gameplay stuff hidden behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, all guns are free and you'll get a smattering of skins, um, costumes and like other stuff like that. But you can unlock some stuff in it and then you get other things like and one of the important things about it is, is that as you go through it, you will get coins. And even if you play the free battle pass, you still get these COD points, all the coins. And if you play like two seasons worth, you've got enough to buy the battle pass for free. Right, okay. And once yeah. you've got the battle pass for free, basically you can just keep going, which is what I did. Ah, fair, yeah. So I effectively did not pay for the battle pass once when I like for the life cycle of Modern Warfare. Because I just got enough points for free that I got it. And it's like, oh, cool. It just keeps giving me more. And I got like by the end of that game, was being showered with a bunch of shit. Not to mention just playing Call of Duty normally. You've got, like, what well, every gun's got about 15 million skins, mm-hmm. and they've all got different attachments. Yeah. And you've got, like, reticles. You could change, like, you can get down to the minutiae of changing, like, the reticle on your red dot sight. <laughs> combined like with, like, different... Face or whatever. Yeah, and you could just do all sorts of bollocks like that. Mm-hmm. So on top of all the stuff they put in the battle pass, there's, like, just already this... just absolute surfeit of customization options for virtually every detail you can imagine yep what what customization options are available to you in halo lucas uh well to me currently changing my color yes can you change the color of your gun uh no maybe can you i don't ch- know can you, can you change yes you can you, you can, can change color you can. Of your gun. If, yes if you pay for it yeah and it changes so you've got two options Gunmetal grey or blue. And what do you get in Destiny when you battle pass anyway? Because like, keep in mind as well, so before we talk about the battle pass, what are the customization options available to you in Destiny 2? Like, what's the level of minutiae you can get into in regards um, to the customization? A lot of it is more character customization. There are weapon shaders so, or weapon ornaments like change the colour or the... So that's closer to what Halo's going for then, is it yeah. customising the character you're playing as? And, and then Halo. What can you do in regards to the look of your character in Destiny 2 without spending any money? Uh, so you can do it with or without spending money. Um, but you can, like you know, equip an armor piece to like head, arms, legs, torso, and class item. Depending and on how many part. of them are there in the game, would you say? Uh, Ballpark figure. How many options do you have? Armor sets. There's probably a good like hundred or so for each, each class. Um, but. Obviously, depend on what content is in and out of the game because it's a live service game. Like some of them aren't necessarily available now, like they were available in older content and stuff. But yeah, but the point is that you have an almost infinite amount of customization you can do to the point where isn't there like a catwalk in Destiny? Uh, there's not a catwalk in Destiny, but they do have like community fashion shows. 
that's the level of customization you're able to like do to mm-hmm. your character. And then the battle pass on top of that, what's that offer? Uh, so the battle pass, it gives you like each each battle pass per season gives like one exclusive exotic gun um, mm-hmm. that does something special, and you can get that on the free all paid version. And then it gives you like you know emotes, um, shaders, um, finishers, like different finisher animations. Um, mm. And then it also gives you some like currency for the cosmetic store as well, and some like ornaments for your armor and stuff. Yeah, so the free version like will give you like guns, stuff like that. Like nothing gameplay based will be a lot behind the, it. Okay. The only thing that's gameplay based is the one exotic gun. The rest is all cosmetic. Okay. And um, you said you get the exotic gun with the free version. You get it at some point in the free and in the paid version, yeah. Okay. Um, have you seen the breakdown of the Halo Infinite um, Battle Pass? Of what you get for free? No, but when I was... I did a quick, quick scroll through before I started streaming of having a little look at what might be in there. And it seemed as though every piece of armor was locked behind the paid version, right? With the exception of one visor, mm-hmm. uh, I think one chest piece, and then a helmet, which you get at level 97. Right, okay. Or something like that. And uh, as it stands currently, it's taking people upwards of five hours to level up once. Because for some inexplicable reason, they've decided in this Halo game, the only way you can earn experience to level up your character, and therefore level up the battle pass, is by completing challenges. And these challenges... Um, some of which are bugged, so they just can't be done. But some of them are just you can't. Like, you have to use like a specific weapon. Like the one that I have, and I've had it on. I played all day yesterday. Is get one kill with the shotgun. I did not spawn in all day. I could not find the shotgun on one level. Oh, and the one time I picked up a shotgun, the shotgun is now it's so bad. I got killed by a guy with an assault rifle. Mm-hmm. So the one chance I had to get that one challenge, and that one challenge would have netted me 150 experience out of 1,000. Yeah, and I think I ended my stream, as I say, I played for just over two hours, and it was a mixture of the big team battle and the quick play mode. I ended up with like 950 out of 1,000 experience to get me to level one. And there are people reporting that I have played like all evening, but because I've not got my chance, because the challenges are random. Mm Mm-hmm. They're not the same for everybody, so they're not like based on the playlist that exists. Like some of them are like easy, like get this many kills against, like with the um, assault rifle, pretty easy because it's the weapon you start with. Other ones are border banshee using the grapple hook. It's like, well, the banshee's on two levels, and yeah. the grapple hook is like really difficult to use. And if I don't get this, I basically aren't getting any XP because every other game I'm aware of with a battle pass does give you XP for completing games. Does uh, Destiny give you XP for just completing games? Yeah, any activity that you do gives you experience. Call of Duty is the same way, yeah. Uh, Halo is not, which means that you can, because like I had this happen to me yesterday, I had a fucking stonking game. Hmm. I got a running riot. So I got 15 kills in a row without dying. I scored like three times for my team. Um, I destroyed like a bunch of enemy vehicles, and I had like a KD of like three. Um, I got zero experience points for a 25-minute long match because it's like a really long back and forth mm-hmm. and an objective game mode because my challenges were get a kill with a shotgun, which did not spawn on that level, uh, board a banshee, which did not spawn on that level, oh. and complete three games, which counted, did not count because the big team battles do not count towards that um, uh, thing right now. Oh, uh, right, okay. 
Oh, God. So I played a half an hour long game and got zero progression towards unlocking anything in that game. And do you know what that how that feels, Lucas? That feels fucking bad. It does. And um, I think most games give you minimal XP for just completing, but... Even just 100 XP to complete the game. Yeah, that's the thing. It should just be that baseline of if you sit there and play 10 games, which, say, takes, you know, a couple of hours... That should just be enough to get you that one level to keep you hooked, well, to keep you in. Yeah. And the thing I want to point out at the moment is um, there's been two arguments about this. One is, well, why don't you just play the game? Surely you should just play the game. You don't need these rewards to encourage you to play. I'd argue that, yeah, that's right. You don't need to. But the game is clearly built around this cycle. Yeah. The game is literally built entirely around selling this battle pass because the game is free. Mm-hmm. They want you to play it to buy the battle pass. And as it stands right now, there is no incentive to buy it because you can't fucking complete it. It's like the first thing that comes up on the screen is... It's battle pass. Battle, buy the battle buy pass. Buy the battle pass. Um, battle pass available, blah, blah, blah. Then it shoots you into like your main multiplayer menu where it shows you like in the environment... Of like a hangar or whatever about to go into an activity. Wearing your armor. So showing off the armor you've bought. Showing off the armor that you and anyone in your like team is wearing. And then also in like the bottom right of the screen is a big box saying here's your battle pass rank. Yeah, there's also as well, um, almost all of the advertising for the game, the multiplayer elements at least, revolved around customizing your Spartan. Mm-hmm. And the start of every single match starts with a panning shot of everyone on your team's armor set mm-hmm. to show off your Spartan. Yep. And the really funny thing is, everyone looks exactly the same because even the people who bought the battle pass don't have cool looking armor yet because they can't level up. That's the thing, is the only thing I was able to change is like, Oh, I can make my spot in a different colour and, and put that's like it. a little like sticker on their chest. And there's also um, been some stuff discovered. So I was like, I was like, there's no fucking way. There is zero customization options from moment mm-hmm. one. Surely there's gonna be like something I can do. And I looked it up. And if you go and you bite the bullet and like, okay, fine, I'm just gonna buy one of the skins that exist in the game. Mm-hmm. If you buy one of the exclusive skins. Um, you can't mix and match the armor pieces. Oh, no. And so, say, for example, you buy a skin because you like the color. You can't put that color on another armor set. You can only have it with that specific look. Oh, no, that's awful. So so in a game that revolves, again, entirely around customization, you can buy pre-made that you're not allowed to customize to your own win. I just thought it was when you buy this armor set that bear in mind costs like £16, which I guess would be about $20. You um, are getting everything in it. I assumed that you would get every single armor piece separate and then all the shaders and stuff separate and then you could, you know, use them as you see fit. It's just like, though, here's a cool layout for it. Because that was one of the things you get in the Battle Pass for Call of Duty. Like, you get guns. Mm-hmm. Like, there'd be, like, exclusive guns that had an exclusive skin to them. Uh, like, oh, here's a pistol that's got like a weird name and it's like it's got an exclusive skin on it, but all the attachments you get for it are ones you can unlock in game. And if you really want to, you can take the attachments off it. Right, yeah. So if you just like the skin the gun has, you can take the attachments off it and change it up, but you still have that cool skin. Right. And it has like a, and sometimes I'll have like weird effects, like the bullet effects. But if you don't like that gun, how it's set up, you don't want to use it, you can like, okay, fuck it. Like this assault rifle has a silencer on it. I don't want to use the silencer, but I want the skin. Mm-hmm. You can take the silencer off and put something else on if you want. I thought it would be a similar system to that. And that's the thing. When you're doing worse 
when you're nickel and diming your customers worse than Activision are, you're doing something wrong. Like when Call of Duty is giving you a better like level of like leeway in regards to what you can do with the stuff you buy from them, mm-hmm. that's bad. Yeah. But it gets better, Lucas, because another thing people have you been have you fought any bots yet? Uh I did a warm-up match against bots, yeah. Okay. Do you know the bots um can wear every armor piece in the game in any order they choose? Oh, so they can get combinations of armor that we can't. Yeah, um, bots basically just wear armor from a randomized pool. Mm-hmm. So they can wear, they can mix and match any armor in the game in any way they see fit with any combination of shaders and colors. An option players don't have, even if they spend real money. Well, that's bad. That's real bad. And the also bear in we mind sh- that when we talk about how bad the grind is, in terms of taking hours to progress one single level, there is also an option to spend triple the amount of money to buy 25 levels worth of the Battle yep. Pass. And here's the thing, because I didn't mention, um, the Battle Pass itself, using the breakdown of what it contains. No. Um, 40 of the unlocks in the 101, I think it's like all Battle Pass have like 101 steps, don't they, something mm-hmm. like that? 40 of them are challenge changes, which allow you to change the challenge that you currently have. So 40% of the Battle Pass that you pay money for is stuff that allows you to change the challenges for unlocking more stuff in the Battle Pass. Wow. 40. So nearly 50% of the Battle Pass is fucking useless. Nearly 50% like of the you... Battle Pass is them just admitting that the challenge system is bad. Yeah. Like even Call of Duty puts in like skins. Even when it puts in so much shit like a charm for your gun, at least it's something that you can do in-game. And um, did... it's a naked admittal that we've not got enough stuff to tide you out. And do you know how long this battle pass is supposed to last as well? This is in the next six months. I was going to say. That's all the content hear... that's going in the game for six months. The, it's, that's it. It's going all the way until May. And I believe the wording that they used was that the co op campaign will launch with season two. Which means that so... the co op campaign isn't being delayed by three months. It, like most people would suspect because that's it's been delayed nearly six months that's basically what most uh seasons are in video games about three months yeah. it's six months this one so let me double check yeah. that um but that's the thing as well with um because there's supposedly gonna be a lot of armors tied to progression through the story mm-hmm. but if you can't play the story yet yeah and yeah it's it's fucking and the one thing i want to hear is like as lucas mentioned earlier while he's doing his research um uh pete they have addressed this issue and they said they're going to fix it. And I've seen a lot of people trying to run point for Microsoft and 343. Well, look, they've noticed the issues and they said they're going to fix it. This is something they thought was acceptable on launch. It's like I go all the way back to Battlefield, uh, Battlefront 2, mm-hmm. where um, they thought this was acceptable on launch and thought they could get away with it. Internally, like the amount of people who had to sign off on this to exist in its current state means that they thought they'd get away with it. And companies like Microsoft and all these big companies who do these games, they have actual psychologists on staff who advise them on exactly how far they can push this shit before people will not buy it. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they're responding to it means nothing because they put it in the first place. Yeah, of course. And um, I did just confirm as well, like apparently um, a few months back, Joseph State and Creator Lead at 343 said they are targeting a campaign co-op launch with Infinite's second season. So that means that they are struggling so much with figuring out how Halo co-op 
works in like an open world that you're essentially getting that co-op campaign six months after and um, if you somehow grind through the entire battle pass in that time um, almost 50% of it is fucking useless and it's going to be even more useless when they presumably overhaul the entire XP system and just give you make it the same way as like other games of its ilk like Call of Duty and um, Destiny where they just give you a, a percentage of your XP gain because it's like it's so flaccid to complete a game get a shit ton of medals and all these rewards it's like well, did I get anything because Again, I played so I played a lot of Halo Three, and in Halo Three, the only reward you got mm-hmm. was you win. You either win or you lose. Yeah, and unless you're playing ranked, and then it's your rank goes up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that was enough for me. But and like it would be enough for me if this version of Halo launched without any of this stuff in it. If it was just Halo, play to win. That's what I do. But when you're trying to make it like Call of Duty, and I look at Call of Duty, and I want to say you played like what a couple hours at mine at most. Even like on my account, which had like basically everything maxed out, everything locked out, you were still getting free shit after almost every game. And that's the thing is that you it? played on my just... account, didn't you? And you were getting, you were unlocking stuff for guns that I've used for like hundreds of hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's so much in the game that they just drip feed you to keep that cycle going. It's like you no, know, it's, it's insidious, but at least they're giving you something. This is like nothing. They're using the same system, but they're not like. Um, utilizing the tools that make that system work, such as giving you those first few hits for free. Yeah, and um, it's it's just one of those of I'm not by any means expecting them to have the level of cosmetics that something like Destiny or um, Call of Duty does in terms of. Why not? You, well, like you for example, how many options you have in that for game. For example, like Call of Duty and Destiny have been working off a basis for like years. Mm-hmm. So I, but, I I wouldn't expect years worth of cosmetics to all be in the launch of this, but the fact there's like nothing, literally nothing. Like currently, the only thing that I can do to my spawn, as I say, after two hours of gameplay, is change a color. Or to be fair, you know, shout out they've got really good prosthetic system in there. Yeah, you can, but that's about it. But the you only customization be your Spartan has a cause like a prosthetic arm or leg. It's like. That's not customization. That's more like, you know, exactly. representation. Um, and I don't see that as being like, you know, it's important to have, and I think it's good that games are putting them in. But yeah. I don't again, see that as um something being like, look at these cool cosmetics. And again, this is not a big issue, or it wouldn't be as big an issue if not for the fact the game, the entire multiplayer system as it's been advertised, revolves entirely around make your Spartan. Mm-hmm. And you have zero options available to you in-game. And you can grind out for, like I did, an entire fucking day and literally earn nothing. I got nothing for my Spartan after playing for an entire day. And it just feels bad. Yeah. Especially because the game's core gameplay loop wants you to stay in this world. It wants you to get this stuff. As we say, the The entire game is designed around... Constantly showing off your Spartan in, like... The start of every matches single, and all your menus. End of every match, start of every match. Every menu just shows off your spawn. Every time I see them, I'm pissed off because I can't change anything on mm. it. Like, you see me play Call of Duty where I'm like changing and fiddling with my guns between every single match mm-hmm. because there's so much options available. Like, why would I not? Yep. Like, dick around with your class or what have you. Or you just like, oh no, put a diff- Oh, I unlocked like a different camp, one of five million new camos for my gun. I'll put this one on. <laughs> oh, I unlocked a new reticle for my gun. It's like, it doesn't add much to the game, but if you. The system as it exists wants you to constantly be engaged. That helps. And the gameplay is good, but I found myself really 
unable to enjoy it. One, because that system exists and he's like, it's feeding, it's trying to get you into this feedback loop that they've just really, really missed the mark on. Mm -hmm. Also, I can't play the game modes I want. So have you heard about this as well, Lucas? So what game modes exist in Halo Infinite as it, as it stands now? Uh, so when you launch into the multiplayer, I believe there is... So I could boot it up right play now. Play Big like... Team Battle and then um, ranked. ranked. Or there's also yeah. like bot matches as well. Bot matches, yes. Or custom matches to play with your friends. Uh, yeah. um, can you play, say for example, can you just go in and play King of the Hill? I'm presuming because you're asking me that question, no. No. Can you go in and just play oddball? Uh, you can't select it. You can play oddball, but you can't specifically yep. select to just play oddball. Can you select to just play capture the flag? No. Can you select to just play objective game modes? No. Can you select to just play slayer game modes? Only if you pick ranked battles. Uh, ranked battles also include... Um, uh, Objective modes as well. Oh, do they? Oh, okay. I might have they just got unlucky because yeah. I played like two rank battles and they were both Slayer. Yeah. Um, in Halo 2, in Halo 1, no, actually, no, Halo 2 had the online. So mm -hmm. in Halo 2, 3, Reach, 4, 5, and the Master Chief Collection as a whole, can you select whether or not you want to play those game modes? You can. You can, yeah. Yes, you can. And, um, and it's weird to me as well that, like, I can understand when games start limiting those options further down the line as player drop-off happens. This is like the biggest launch Halo has ever had. Mm -hmm. It was number and two. I don't know if it hit number one on Steam alone. And like, you know, that's not exactly something to scoff at. If anyone is not familiar with like these, like, why would we be pissed off about these game modes? Like, I don't want to play objective-based game modes with randoms because they don't play the objective mm. especially when there is zero incentive for them to actually play the game mode because none of the challenges are linked to completing matches or um, playing the objective which means that in almost every ga objective game i played that wasn't with somebody else it would just be people running around shooting not playing the objective and this happens when you go in to play ranked and i had like three ranked matches in a row where it booted up was an objective game mode and two of my teammates left. Oh, God damn it. And then I'm playing two, four down, so half a team, got our ass whooped, and then it gives me a bad ranking because of that. Mm -hmm. Because I started halfway down because they won't let people pick and you play ranked Slayer or ranked objective. God. And have you seen as well, they're not planning on changing that. Wait, what? They're not planning on changing it. Cause the theory is, oh, is it because it's a beta and they want people to know? Oh, I assume that's what it was. No, they're keeping them the same. They might change it in response to people's feedback, but they have no, as it stands now, um, plans to introduce any new gameplay modes. What is launched with is what it has. But is are they not planning on launching new gameplay modes as in they're not planning on giving us King of the Hill? Or does that mean like the system itself is not changing? They're not changing the options that you have. What we've got is what we've got. So I really assume that what it was going to be is, A, it's a beta, so, you know, in a month's time, December 8th, when we actually get the proper release, it would be that, oh, you can select whether you want to play Oddball, Slayer, whatever. And then over time, as like kind of a, you know, live service feel, they would be like, oh, this week we're featuring, you know, Shotty Snipers or King of the Hill. They or might Swap. do. 
but as it stands now and um, from the pre-release stuff that I've been reading through, because I'm like, there's no fucking way. Why can't I just play Slayer? Surely there's a way to just play Slayer. I want to practice with the guns and get used to the maps. It's hard to do that when you're playing objective modes and you have something else more pressing that you need to deal with. Mm-hmm. Now, and all their pre-release stuff that they've said is like, no, what it's launching with is what it has. This is what we want people to play. It's like, every single game prior to this one gave you these options. Every single one. And that, to me, says Literally that, every single one. Like, realistically, the only way to then be like, oh, well, I'm going to stream Slayer tonight is to either have, like, eight people playing with you or to say, you know, we're going to do, like, a custom game night and get viewers in. Yeah, there's no way to go play a specific game mode in a game. And obviously, I know that, you know, I'm saying this as, like, on my perspective of, like, oh, this is a game that I wanted to have fun streaming a lot. Um, I don't think that it's something that you should like revolve your entire game around, but you know, it's still a considerable number of people that are very influential upon whether your game succeeds or not. Not me yeah. specifically, but you know, streamers. That's the thing: if you can't play fucking SWAT, there's not even SWAT in the game. Like one of the most like beloved modes in the game. Yeah. Pure skill, baby. Pure skill. Just playing. That's the thing. The fact. Do you know what it reminds me of? Like, I'm going somewhere with this. Do you ever play Guitar Hero Live? Uh, I played one song of Guitar Hero Live. So do you remember how Guitar Hero Live works? How did Guitar Hero prior to Guitar Hero Live uh, work? You pick a song or pick a set list of songs and you play them. Yeah. Uh, how did Guitar Hero Live work? Uh, well, Carl... Because it was a live service on... game, much in the same way. Halo is now a live service game. How did Guitar Hero Live work? Um, Guitar Hero Live worked by... Going to the Guitar Hero Live channel and playing along to whatever music was playing on the channel at the time. Yeah, so you couldn't pick which songs you wanted to play in a game you paid one. Oh, no, you could. You could slowly earn tokens over time to have a single one time use of picking a song. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Or you could buy tokens, obviously. Yeah, and it's just that thing of like, why can't I just go in and play Slayer? Why can't I just go in and play just the, the pew pew shoot shoot? No, I don't want to play objective modes with fucking randoms because they're all shit. And as as much as I've praised, like, as I say, the, the feel of the game and the gameplay itself, I do think that a lot of this and the fact that like we're not getting forge mode and we're not getting co-op campaign, it says to me that they delayed the this game for a right. year, but it probably should have been like 18 months or two years. Yeah, it's that thing as well. It shows you where their priorities lie of what is the priority for them? Is it me having fun? It's like, no, give us fucking money for the battle pass. Because mm-hmm. when every single gameplay element, also every UI element in the game is um, needling me into giving them more money and trying to show off like, look how shit your Spartan looks. Look at him, this basic bitch Spartan with no cool armor effects. The fuck are you doing? Buy the battle pass and you'll unlock some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And you see that some of the things you can unlock are the same colours that already exist in the game. What do you mean? Just slightly different shades. Like, you can unlock, like, a different shade of blue. Oh, no. But it's so like, it's so difficult to tell that it's a different shade of blue. People have put them side by side, and if, you like, your TV's not calibrated properly, you can't tell. Oh, my God. So you could, like, spend all evening grinding to get the next level of your battle pass and get, the, like, a colour that you can't even tell. Great. And I think, did you see the picture I posted yesterday? Because I'm playing on like the original fat Xbox of the system that they have in of 
because now you can customize your Spartans look however you want. So you can tell that you're playing against an enemy team. Every member of your team has a blue aura around them, and every member of the enemy team has a red aura around them. And you can change the color of that aura, but you can't change its opacity. Uh, but you can change the opacity on like the Series S, which I'm playing on, so that must be like... On the original Xbox One, you have less settings, and you can't do that. But keep in mind, though, how many people have an Xbox One. Exactly. Original. Yeah, uh, I, I would, I, I would did you argue, see how like, at is? least, at least, like, 50%. half the people playing it are probably yeah, 50%. on Xbox One. So they have, the, they have the experience that I have. And did you see how obnoxious it is? Yeah. It's like, you can't, like, everyone is just a glowing red mass of polygons running towards you at all times. Because I got really and confused like, when you tweeted out, not an image of Halo, but, like, I was seeing the enemy in Halo and it was like a glowing man and I was like, what? I was like... I mean, you saw the screenshot. No, no, I didn't see the screenshot. I saw like the meme one that you posted. Oh yeah, but then you you saw the screenshot afterwards and I'm like, wait, what? How fucking bright is that? Yeah, when you sent me the screenshot in our group chat, I was like, wait, what? My game does not look like this. What the fuck? And then it's like, oh yeah, I just changed the opacity and put it down. Like before I'd even played a match because I knew that would look obnoxious. And then you're like, yeah, it's not a set on And so every time I'm playing in like any more... And that's the thing, like, the, there are people out there who probably paid money, so their Spartan looks good. I can't fucking tell. <laughs> I can't even tell what my teammates look like half the time because they're also glowing bright blue. Oh, All the time. And it looks so shit. Cold. And it's so funny that the entire gameplay loop revolves around, like, getting you into, like, customise your Spartan. And one, you can't do that because there's no fucking way to earn any of the shit they've got in. And two, the gameplay systems they've implemented actively stop you from viewing what people look like 95% of the time. Oh, go give Microsoft money, buy the new Xbox. Oh, it's so funny. Because it's like, have you ever, there's a, I forget which game it is now, but there's a great TED Talk, I want to say. So I had a TED Talk or I think one of the Ars Technica. Hmm. Like, so obviously those long-form interviews they do with developers. Yeah. Where it's the developer of an, uh, an MMORPG. And they're talking about how, um, yeah, the entire game world was just devoid of all life at all times because animals gave you one XP. And we thought in our head that once people reached to a, a certain level, they'd not shoot the animals because they're not worth it. But... Um, all that happened is they just cast like AOE spells as they walk through the area and murder everything <laughs> just because it's free. It's like, you know, do you know when you play Borderlands mm-hmm. and you see like level, like you're not going to leave the bandit. You're always going to throw a grenade over there or something, yeah. even though they're worth one XP each. It's like, yeah, because there was no way to actively discourage people from doing this because we offered them XP so they'd do it. And I see that Halo now has been the inverse where there is no incentive to play the objective or even try to win the game. The only incentive you have is to complete whatever your arbitrary challenges are, because that's the only thing that will result in you gaining anything, <laughs> unless you really care about winning. Mm. But no one cares about winning now, because it's all about battle passes, and if you want the battle pass, which the game keeps trying to needle you into buying, the only thing that matters is completing these arbitrary challenges. So like, when you play stuff like objective modes, you'll have people getting the ball and then hiding it. I've had matches where my own teammates have like tried to stop me getting the ball and have sent me messages telling me to stop picking it up because they're trying to get like the shotgun kills and oh, stuff. Oh, God. When I was playing ranked, I had my own teammate betray me because I was about to win us the game because they had like a kill left to get with a needler. Um, <laughs> it's like, there's no incentive to win the game. Speaking of playing so the no objective as well, the, like, oh. I just want to point out, the oddball doesn't one-hit kill anymore. No, it's shit. 
You can't get flag assassinations either. Like, I'm so confused because the entire point was, well, if you're a skilled oddball player, you can sneak around corners and start meleeing people and countering them that way. Whereas now you just have to drop yeah. the oddball, shoot them, pick it back up. Yeah, and you also as well have to hold a button to pick up the oddball, which means that there's a tactic, I forget which Halo game it was, but um, there was a Halo game that introduced the ability to throw the oddball. Mm. So a tactic was to throw the oddball at the enemy so they'd catch it and then shoot them. <laughs> I mean... And then pick it back up. That one is a bit infuriating to get done there. But have you ever had it happen? Like I had a couple of matches where you do that and you throw it back. And it's like you're playing hot potato with him and a teammate comes in. It felt super tactical. It's like as well, like uh, one that I remember getting was I threw the oddball up on the roof, like I do a little corner piece, mm. it bounced off the roof, shot a guy with a shotgun, the oddball bounced back down and I caught it. <laughs> and that felt so fucking tactical. Or oh, when you could like throw it to your teammates. Or like when you get killed and like your teammate runs over your corpse like a rubber mm. ball and just like keeps going towards the objective. Now they have to hold X. But when you die, you drop like 15 fucking guns. And, like, equipment. So I've been, like, running over the oddball. It's like, I keep switching my equipment. I'm like, no, I want to pick up the oddball. Oh, God. Or the flag. Because <sighs> I used to love, like, throwing the flag at your teammate. <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever used to do that? Like, when you just throw your flag at the teammate yeah. and then steal, like, when they were going for power weapons and steal the power weapon and shit like that. Oh, God. Uh, uh, like... uh, also, as well, there's no collision anymore. Have you seen that? In what way? Uh, you don't collide with your teammates anymore. Oh, right. You just walk, you walk straight through them. So you can't push them off the edge or anything anymore. So you can't push them off the edge anymore, yeah. So you just walk straight through your teammates. Again, it's one of those things of like, I get it because it's just But the just reason that system existed online. was to encourage you to like be tapped, like aware of your surroundings. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I understand, yeah, it can be annoying if someone just walked up to you and like pushed you around a corner when you've got a good shot or whatever, but... But that's the thing, though, of you've got to adjust to that. It always felt so tactical when you could, like, grenade your teammates off the edge. And you're like, oh, shit, no. I've done it by accident. And then you'd learn. Oh, dear. So that's what I mean. I'm like, I, and I'm think, going to use, like, tonight as my, my last chat to give the game a chance. And if I... Because I, I wasn't having fun by the end of my play session yesterday because there's no reason for me to keep playing. Because I can't play the game modes that I want all the weapons feel bad except the base one, and there's no incentive for playing because there's nothing more flaccid than, oh, 20 kills, a bunch of medals, a bunch of double kills. You scored, you scored three times and helped your team win the game. Zero experience. And it shows you on screen, it's like your battle pass, zero progress. Mm. <laughs> what am I doing? So unless they change some aspects of that game very soon, I'm probably not going to play any more Halo unless it's with you on stream. That's fair, yeah. And, um, and that's, the I fact think... that I'm saying that says it all. I think that's like that's not the where I'm at with the game, but again, I've only played like a couple of hours on stream at the moment, so give it a couple more. But uh, mon frere, if you want to like close off now, because I need to call my girlfriend, she's getting back. Oh yeah, no worries. So I'll end mine now. So just Google Carl Smallwood, you'll find my shit. Yeah, and then um, you won't be able to, you know, see our Halo stream apart from like video on demand, I suppose, because it'll have already happened by the time this is out. But yeah, you can. Yeah, but I'm gonna stop my I'm gonna stop my recording now, mate, and just um, head off to Comma Missus. Yeah, but, no problem. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Yeah, thank you. And uh, yeah, just go watch my stuff. Do gaming content at Legend of Canto, uh, Twitch and YouTube. Find me at Canto Legend underscore on my socials. And yeah, until next time, everyone. Thank you. Bye.